Yeah, what is up? Yo, awesome episode for you right now. But first, we need to talk about our friends at Audible. Audible is that place you can go to for more stories like, whoa. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash rumorcast to browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, peruse around, download a free title of your choice, and start listening today. Can it get any simpler? Is that even a word, simpler? Oh, I'm tripping right now. (laughs) Either way, you understand exactly what I'm trying to tell you. So head over to audibletrial.com slash rumorcast, hook yourself up with that 30-day trial membership, and go get your story and listen away. On another note, if you want to keep up with us, we can be found on every major podcasting app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want uh, the random banter of how I get excited for what's coming up, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RumorCast. Oh, you guys, I can't even begin to describe what's about to happen right now. We've got Travis Randall on the mic today, and from L.A. to New York to Dubai, there's some amazing stories to be told, so listen the hell up. We're rolling with it. You know what I heard? Spill it. I gotta know. I think it could be true. Can you believe what they just said? That can't be true. Tell me more. Have you heard? They said what? Do you believe everything you hear? This is RumorCast. Oh, okay, Travis. So the one thing that I learned about you in all of our discussion is that you are a serious businessman. So... I can't imagine you. Oh, I love that sound. Which one was that? <laughs> uh, that's the Glen Morangi. Nice. So the the good one, the Nectar Dior. I haven't had that, man. I have not had that one yet. Smooth. Um, where's I going with that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine that you haven't shook hands with some seriously powerful people, right? Here, here's the best one I will say, and this is like it's unfair, almost to tell the story this way. Okay, before, before you anyone get knows that, what I do for a living, before you get into that, have you ever shaken anyone's forearm? Uh, no one famous, <laughs> dude. I, I went to lunch today. This was just a segue, so I could tell you what happened to me at lunch today. That's all that was. I love it. <laughs> So today I go to my favorite Greek place. Uh, it's called GP's Greek Kitchen here in Fargo. And uh, I bring a buddy of mine and we go there and come to find out they hired a new employee. And so I go up to the counter and they I've been there enough to where it's like I'm a regular, no big whoop. Um, and she introduces me to the new employee and uh, out of instinct, you know, I, I go to shake his hand. But, you know, they got the gloves on for like food, right? And right. he just literally, I'm not making this up. He, he just kind of like puts his arm out. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> out of instinct, it just, it occurred to me and I panicked and I was like, oh yeah, food safety. That's right. So I, I, I swear to God, I grabbed his forearm and shook his forearm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, that was my little comical story, but now on to, uh, much bigger things because apparently I triggered something in that story where you actually shook hands with somebody super powerful. Well, I, I, and I just realized that the other day, cause I was talking to someone about it and, uh, 
I was a, previously a sound guy, and but through that, I shook hands with Bush Senior. What? Into, and Clinton, and Bush Jr., and Obama. But well, I didn't shake. I fist bumped Obama, and then uh, at a boy, tr- who's the whole Trump? <laughs> but not when Trump, but not when he was president. No kid. How? Well, hold on. How did you make your way through all those presidencies? What happened there? Like, what brought yeah. you to? Well, the the Bush Senior one. So the career wasn't that long. The career started under Clinton, but. Bush Senior, before he died, I was doing a Super Bowl party, and we staged, uh, we staged him before he walked down in the into the stadium, down in uh, Houston. So, so that one came later. But gotcha, still counts, man. <laughs> Dude, oh, well, of course. Here I am sitting here thinking, like you know, when they sit down in the chair, they open the drawer, and there's a list of handshakes, and you're like the fifth one down. Like, okay, you got to find Travis, and you got to go shake his hand. It's tradition. The uh, the and the reason why is when you're a sound guy, generally, you know, you're putting mics up in their shirts and stuff. So there's like a little bit of formality that, you know, you just sort of make comfort. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be getting to second base with you in a minute. So, you know, (laughs) nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice. So, so that was how those came to be. That's crazy. If you want to shake a lot of people's hands, become a sound guy. It's a really great way to meet people. (laughs) That is so weird. It's so weird that that, that position would grant, so many meetings, so to speak. I mean, it's just something in the background that you don't really think unless you do it. Right. And crazy access to, um, like during the Al Gore campaign, uh, Clinton was given a bunch of talks around LA at the time and they don't want to keep vetting new people. And because you're literally standing behind them with your hands up around their neck, you know, and going in their shirt. I mean, they look into you a little bit closer than a server say, you know, and, because you're going to be touching the president. So, um, yeah, just kind of never in a million years growing up in Appleton, Wisconsin, did I think I was going to have that access to anyone (laughs) that I've ever seen. Exactly. That's crazy. Well, let's let's go back to Wisconsin there. Um, Because you got, you didn't start in sound. You started with a band. Yeah. Um, I was booking bands, and I was actually managing the band I joined. I didn't even play an instrument. I kind of played drums when I joined that band and uh, they said, we're moving um, to Arizona. Or, well, we didn't know where we were going to move. We're, we're getting the fuck out of Wisconsin and going somewhere warmer. <laughs> oh, is that the and, deciding factor? Like, dude, this sucks. I'm sick of the winter. We need. Oh, something. yeah. It, like loading in and out in the snow just was bullshit. And it was and it we just I mean, so this isn't me bragging because I wasn't in the band then. They were like one of the bigger original bands in Wisconsin at that time and had sort of done everything. And they knew this doesn't mean shit. We got to go to a bigger market. And, and this is Stone fired Bogart. The, yeah, Stone Bogart. Okay. And they fired the bass player. I don't remember how it was all going down. So anyway, there was an opening and they're like, well, if you want to move with us, you know, and because we can't afford a manager anymore. Just you have if you can learn to play the bass in like eight weeks, you can be in the band. So like 12 hours a day, man, I just sat and learned an album and a half worth of material, like all their songs. So I didn't really know how to play bass. I knew how to play 20 songs. basically. (laughs) And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't for like another year that I even could 
like learn something the normal way musicians learn it. You know, like I was learning it just simply as a physical activity. There wasn't really anything audio about it, you know? So, so yeah, it was really a, a very weird way to learn how to play an instrument with a timeline and, you know, the ability to look like, you know what you're doing, but yeah, other bands would be like, come up and jam with us. I'm like, I don't know how to jam. <laughs> Do you want to play this song? I know one of 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to say that all the time. Like oh, yeah. the three covers. I know if you, if you want to play one of these and then, uh, <laughs> but then awesome. be, but, you know, then, I mean, in that band, I played a thousand shows. So, um, you know, over the next almost decade. So, you know, I, I would say now I'm a pretty good bass player. I don't play as much anymore, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, so I joined a band strictly guy, Wisconsin. I didn't really like the band particularly. <laughs> I thought they were okay. And, uh, it, <laughs> the band you were a part of like, yeah, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. Like it was cause it wasn't my kind of music. Like I liked punk rock and, and they weren't that they, you know, they were, um, yeah, just sort of like a bar rock band. Like they were the band that I like made fun of before I knew them. <laughs> okay, yeah. I actually know I, I know a band just like that. Uh Hairball. You ever heard of Hairball? I have not. Are they a Fargo sensation? Uh no, they were oh dude, they were one of those cover bands where they like only they oh, took it fuck. like to the next level where it was like costumes and everything. And yeah, they played I, all I over. I fucking hate those bands. <laughs> Oh my God! You and Channing would get along so great. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed his podcast. I listened to that as a reference point for kind of how you do things. But I mean, c cover bands are the fucking worst, right? It's it's tracing, right? It's just taking art and then tracing. I mean, play a cover song here and there, do your shit to it. But like going out and making a, it's. I mean, I get it. I get that some people just like to play, and people have asked me to join those bands, and I'm just like, I fucking can't do it. And then worse is the those bands like you're talking about the ones that are all themed out and they dress up and act like fucking assholes. Wow. I hate it. In the 90s, the reason that we moved then from Phoenix, so we moved from Wisconsin to Phoenix. Yep. Played here for 6 7 years. Then the there was a rise in those kind of bands. I can't think of what they're called, but whatever. They're just cover bands. So, yeah, but the ones that dress up and their theme nights and all this bullshit and oh, so they started getting in the like the good clubs in town, and then we they would get like the good spot because they could bring in the money because people just started switching over to liking that. So we'd have to be done by ten, oh. and then these and then these bands would come out. And there was like there's this band, the Boogie Nights, and they were like you know disco whatever. God, I hated them. So <laughs> we we couldn't even have the backstage room that we normally had right because they had that and then we had like some fucking closet or just hanging out in bar type of thing oh yeah because they brought in you know we couldn't bring in a thousand people but they could so Ugh. uh i was so pissed i didn't know this was a situation when i got there so you know sound check happens i'm mad about this situation i already hate these bands and the guy i don't know they kicked us out of backstage or something so i'm losing my <laughs> shit over that and uh, right before we go out to play, I take his, he has an Afro wig that he's going to wear when they play or whatever. Uh -huh. I shove it down, I shoved it down the front of my pants and walked on the stage. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. And, and after one song, I pulled it out. He was standing on the side of the stage all pissed and threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> 
screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. And then so we were like, fuck it, we got to go somewhere where people appreciate original music, you know, and the effort and everything again. So right. that's how, that's really why we moved. Um, not that isolated incident, but, you know, just right, that sort right. of times of changing and and original bars kind of going away and napster was just sort of happening which we love napster oh, so my god um, napster wow yeah that brings it was the, memories. it was the greatest yeah. i mean we we got airplay in france we never promoted ourselves in france some dj heard <laughs> us and started playing us on a paris rock radio station so it's so awesome I mean, that kind of stuff it opened you know a lot of doors for us and a lot more fans and we never believed we believed the money was playing shows. That was the only reason we wanted a big record deal was to tour and make the money on the road off merch and off gigging. And we were like, we don't even fucking care about record money. Cause we saw that coming to an end and we were right. And we told everyone like, who gives a shit? So, but so it wasn't not to be. So what was that comment about nine 11, nine 11? Oh yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> I was like, do I ask about that? We were, <laughs> Yeah, nothing, you know, bad personally happened to any of us, but we were living in LA and uh, it, it 9-11 happened and our singer just took it really, like he had just been to New York and he just took it really hard and weird and he was kind of a sensitive guy, but he's like, we played two shows that week after that and I got a knock on my door after we got home. One of them was a road gig and then we got home heard a knock on my door and I was like, oh shit. I mean, I just like, I knew what it was cause it, it, we'd been really quiet about it and we didn't really discuss it. And, uh, and he's, he's like, I can't, I can't live here anymore. I, you know, this is, it's freaking me out. He just got married. And so he moved back to Wisconsin, which is hilarious because he lives in LA again and he's kind of a famous writer director, <laughs> but, um, but oh, that this is, um, was, uh, Sean Anders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he, I guess, got over his fears, <laughs> and uh, he slowly came back. At some, he moved to Wisconsin, then he moved to Phoenix, made a movie there, and then uh, L.A. invited him, Like unlike the first time we went, where we just invited ourselves, and then uh, he went on to much success. Yeah, I saw that. After you're like, yeah, Google him. I'm like, all right, yeah, who is it? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Too, too bad he couldn't write songs as good as he could movies. So then I'd be rich too. <laughs> Ooh, you sure you don't want me to cut that out? <laughs> no, he knows that. He knows. Do you give a shit about it all the time or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt too. I wasn't really bringing home the hits either. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, if you want an opportunity to fire back, by all means, my door is always open. <laughs> yeah, he went from, I mean, I don't think I've ever said this right to him or anything, but he was sort of an arrogant dick. Back in the day. <laughs> oh my god, but, that escalated so quick. But we we all were. I mean, that's part of being a musician at you know at that level that's right below sort of making it is you better have an attitude and you better think you're fucking good and you better show up like you know grateful and treat everyone around you good. But you know when you go home, you better be high fiving yourself in the mirror because you're so close. You know and right. But I I will say you know, with his success and money went sort of the opposite of everyone else I've ever met. I mean, he became an insanely nice person. Um, he, the movie instant family, if anyone's seen that is roughly based on his life. He wrote and directed it. I mean, he adopted three siblings and I mean, he's just, he's a really great guy, you know, now, I mean, probably one of the nicest people I know, but I, I you know, 
old me in 1999 would have heard new me saying that right now. He would fall out of his chair laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to keep that alive. I mean, that's where you guys have your roots, though. You're you're allowed to talk crap to each other, man. Oh, when you're when you're being in a band where like that's what you do, right? It's not <laughs> right. like you're just out on the weekends. I mean, you're like we were gigging or rehearsing like six and seven nights a week. It's just like we worked all the time. We worked really, really hard. And it, you're going to talk shit with those guys more than anyone. Because, I mean, think of like what other circumstances like in a man's life, especially, do you walk into a room with like three other men and start talking about your feelings? You know? Like, <laughs> right. And then, you know, being like, okay, you guys. Okay, then it's like, no, baby, you're leaving. And then, you know, guys like you, they're like, what the fuck, man? You're like, come on, just go with me on this. (laughs) And, you know, you all know each other so well. So it's like, even if you try to pretend like this song, this part isn't about this person they know, they're just like, oh, that's about so-and-so. And (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did did you have a song that was like written about you? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, I, we, as a band, we generally shied away from it. We always, we shied away from girl songs as much as possible. We used to joke, like avoid girls in cars as topics for songs, but, um, nice. yeah, I mean, a, a song thing, a funny thing was a, a song that we had that kind of was popular amongst our fans, uh, a mellow song which was like kind of about a situation in my life and adapted by the singer. And, um, and it was about a friend that had killed himself. And, you know, I, when we first finished it, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's nice. that It's sort of out there and now it's gone. Like that's why writing anything, you know, uh, you know, handwriting stuff down or singing stuff or whatever, it's sort of a way to get something out of your soul. And then you can just throw it out in the world and you're like, okay, now what's next, you know, moving on and moving on. But then people would request that fucking song. all the time, And and you're playing it. And every time I think of this guy's face, you know, and, and it like never went away. Like after so many times of playing it, I'm like, God damn, I'm never going to bring an idea like this to the table again, because this is (laughs) fucking me over. And, and so, yeah, so then it's like, all right, let's write songs about other things, you know, that we don't know about or <laughs> people we don't know. <laughs> was there was there ever a gig that you just could not stand? Like you were just like, I'm out of here, like in the middle of a set. Uh, one, because I was drunk. I don't think I was that mad or anything. <laughs> You're just like, screw it. It's good enough. Let's go. I, I just got way too, too, we were playing like kind of this festival thing. And what happened was a, like a local Arizona thing. And, uh, we were supposed to play like two in the afternoon. So I was drinking accordingly to a 2 PM gig. It was like St. Patrick's day or something. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then like two o'clock rolls around, we'd done the radio interview sponsored by a radio station. And there was a problem with one of the headliners. So they're like, Hey, can we bump you back? Like somebody has got to play earlier to like three 30. So I'm like, eh, you know, we didn't care. So we're okay. That's fine. Kept moving us back till it was like six 30, but we kept drinking. Like we were up next. Oh <laughs> no. Only two of us really drank. And, but I drank for the four of us that night. So by the time we hit stage, I was just a wreck. I mean, like three songs in, I threw my bass into the crowd. It was just like, <laughs> so who wants to play bass? Oh, no way that was the next morning was the only time i ever apologized 
to the members of my band for a performance. (laughs) Were they just, did they even say anything or did they just look at you and shake their head? (laughs) No, I called them. I called them all in the morning. I mean, it was, they all took it because they knew I felt bad. And then the owner of the bar and stuff, they're like, hey, we kind of play this place, you know, like this or the manager, whatever. And I go, yeah, I'll call him. So I called him up and I said, you know, I'm sorry about that. He goes, fuck that. That was rock and roll, man. That was fucking great. <laughs> That's what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. But oh. but yeah, there were times like where you're playing and you're just like, why am I doing this with my life? Or, you know, it's 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 weird. I hear all different bands and I, I listen to part of your interview with, um, oh, what's her name? It Jessica was one year earlier. No. Oh, one year? Uh, uh, Hannah Ray. Hannah Ray and, and, you know, hearing someone so young and fresh and you were asking her about what the recording studio, you know, look like and all that. I'm hearing that. I'm like, man, when you do that for a long, long time, like you don't give a fuck about any of those things, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> but I, but it made me feel good to hear her talking about it and her so new in the, she doesn't have any bitterness in her yet. You know what I mean? She hasn't had a club owner try to not pay her. She hasn't had, I mean, all these bullshit things and hopefully those things won't happen to her, but it, um, well, yeah, maybe you definitely. What's that? Maybe it should. You know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it probably will. And some of it, you know, it. Well, it's a learning I, experience, you know. Maybe maybe those things should happen just to, you know, desensitize her a little bit. Because obviously it's not a, it's not a pleasant world out there. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because our song was called Wonderful War- Life. <laughs> right, exactly. And don't get me wrong, it's a great song. But yeah, I could see that turning into some just like you're saying, you know, after she gets out there and gets a little bit of experience, you know, the music changes, but I mean, it changes as you, you know, you grow. Yeah. I mean, you're in a CD business for the most part, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's way less than it used to be. Um, you know, like the road working with bands and stuff like that now is, you know, it's like an office backstage cause the money's different. That's where all the money comes from for bands. So, um, it's not the wild backstage of, yesteryear that I remember, you know, I mean, I've watched it change a lot. I mean, it used to be just strictly men back there and that was it. And it was like drugs everywhere and everyone was always drinking. And now, you know, that it's gone, no real drugs weed maybe, but you know, it's just, there's just no one has the time for it. So yeah, I suppose. Yeah. We did get busy in a hurry. Didn't we? Yeah. If you had one piece of advice to give her, what would you say? Uh, <laughs> don't no pressure, bro. You you could affect somebody's entire life. Just saying. I know that's. <laughs> I, uh, thanks, Phil. I, yeah, just. I would say you know it's show. a thing I that I really admire about um Joe Walsh is a a songwriter I really really like, and one thing I felt like through his solo career he always writes like in the now you know or he'll reflect back but he's. His music is just always changed like the themes with him, you know, where I looking back on my own thing, I, I felt like maybe I was trying to capture, you know, one specific time all the time in my writing. And I think you're better off just going with like, here's who I am, you know, at all times and, you know, not really locking yourself into being one specific thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, so stay real. You know, keep yeah. If you get better, you get better. If you turn into a mom, sing about that. You know, just sing about like who you are, and and uh, I think 
it com- it comes across like people get it as a more genuine thing. There was like, do you remember that band Dashboard Confessional? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, dude, I'm getting nostalgic as fuck right now. <laughs> so I, I was I wasn't like a huge fan or anything, but he he totally had me when I heard the record. I'm like, this fucker means it. Like he almost started crying in his own songs. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> they were oh, yeah. they were like super sappy songs. <laughs> but I'm like, this fucker is like. He is sensitive. I'm like, and he's, <laughs> like these are real story. I, you know, I don't even know if they were, but I, it's one thing I always admired about him. And then I went and saw him, and I was like, this, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> this is, not, this was, this was not written for me. This is not my scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Now that for me was Kurt Cobain. I mean, I was. I was super young, man. I we're talking like back when I was ten. I started listening to him when I was about ten or eleven. Oh fuck. Yeah. You, how, how old are you? I'm thirty eight, bro. <laughs> okay. well, for, for reference, I'm forty seven. So I was like, man, you were Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> I was young listening to him, but I was like nineteen twenty. I got on board during bleach because I was a skater kid. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Me it's too, like, man. Totally. Me kinda, too. It was kind of like metal, <laughs> but it you know, there wasn't really a name for what that was, and it wasn't punk. A lot of people said grunge, but well, and and it's it what you know they gave it a name after they showed up. But when they right. showed up, it was like, what the fuck is this? Right, you know, like, right. And it, that was the it's thing. So it's di- like so different, hundred percent different. But it it was comforting, especially on my end when uh, my friend Tim, he's the one that introduced me to him, and I I grew up in a shit fucking childhood man like i grew up in abuse and like you know outrage and you know a lot of emotions going on and dude kurt was just there you know as as soon as i started listening to kurt i'm like whoa okay keep going (laughs) you know the the crazy thing about it one is like what is most of it about who fucking knows you know what i mean like he said just a lot with the way that he said it wasn't even always yes. what he was saying, you know. I mean, you know, it cut to a chorus, and you're like, I, I don't know what he's talking about, but, <laughs> but like, God damn it, if I don't feel something, you know, like, I, right. I, I always felt like he delivered on that, and he, you know, and then he ended hair metal, which was fucking great. <laughs> exactly, it, it had gotten so horrible, with like Britney Fox or Britney whatever Firehouse and all these shit bands, and to me, what happened in Minnesota. Was or what happened in Seattle was really stealing from Minneapolis. A lot of it, like I felt like it was the '80s Minneapolis morphed into the '90s um, Seattle. I mean, like Husker Du and all all those bands replacements. They were all influencing those Seattle bands. Maybe not Alice in Chains, but definitely um, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and things like that. And they, you know, they were open about saying that. Oh so I yeah, like, I was gonna say. I, I thought I remember the, Kurt saying that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He loved Bob Mould. And, you know, they're out there wearing flannels and ripped jeans. Well, that was the uniform of Minneapolis, you know, long before Seattle happened. Really? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, like, look back at the old pictures of the replacements or something. I could Google it right now. I guarantee there's a lot of flannel and ripped jeans going on. Man, yeah. For me, it was the jeans, but it was a white tee instead. You know, we all had white tees and blue jeans and skate shoes. I don't think... I don't think in my life I ever wore a white tee. I'd have to see pictures when I was a kid. I think I've always been uh, 
self-conscious thinking I would sweat through it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, now as, a, as an adult working in entertainment, like I wear black. My whole closet is just black T-shirts because I get one free everywhere I go for something. So, oh, I suppose. Yeah, seriously. I, I can't even imagine how much free swag you've gotten, man. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh dude are you on glass number how big is your glass yeah. dude because i cracked my bottle before yours i cracked ours or mine during the sound test it's 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 going pretty good i'm almost down to the label on this bottle and i opened it when we started talking oh, i'm past the I, label. i've been on the road for like two months i'm going hard yeah you're on break right now aren't you how, how long is your break for uh i head out again um next week next week i leave uh for a couple movie premieres so Oh God! All right, we'll get to that in a second, man. That's like that's like big talking right there. Holy crap! So tell me, tell me how you went from because uh, after the band you did um, audio contracting work, right? Yep. Um, like, how did you step foot into that? What what pulled you that well, direction? So kind of in the band um, when we were living in Arizona, I worked a day job for a while and. I worked in pro sports and so I did audio and stuff and uh, on-screen scoreboarding, just like whatever. I was like a nerd, like you could just, and Phoenix is a right to work state. So the unions couldn't keep me out or anything. So I was cheap, you know, this place thought. So I'd, I'd help build these production trucks and it was crazy the amount of stuff I was learning without realizing I was learning, you know, and, and I, I like to keep busy. So I was doing that. Then we moved to, uh, California. And then when the band ended, I was like, Oh shit, I don't have a skill. Like I dropped out of college. I haven't paid attention to fucking anything like that's happening <laughs> in the world, except me and my own coolness. Like oh this is not God. how broken were you? <laughs> I, I, I was broke. Cause 100% in my brain, I thought we were going to make it. I mean, I believed it to my core that we were going to make it. And so when we didn't, um, you know, it was pretty like, well, I, cause then I was like, well, I'm going to have to go make it with someone else. But then I went into, I, I realized I'm like, I'm going to just go online, like see if anyone's hiring. Like, I'm just going to say I'm a sound guy, right? I don't really know shit, but I did, <laughs> but I did know shit, you know? And so I ended up um, installing sound systems in like arenas and big churches and things like that. And I learned really, I faked it for about a month, you know, I learned just the differences of what I had done into learning that and, uh, had a miserable boss and a miserable job, but I was learning a ton about the wrong way to run a business and the way to treat people and also audio. Like I was just, I was so immersed in, I was at such a high level of it because I was in LA and the access I had to equipment and everything else. So when it Ooh, came time to leave there, it was like, in. oh, I'm a professional at this after just 18 months. <laughs> oh my God. And everyone b believed it, I guess enough, you know, and it's worked out. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, audio gave me everything in my life, like sound, you know, whether, I mean, I think if I didn't join that band, I would have just been like some of my friends that just stayed working in a mill or whatever and not to rip on them i just that that would have killed me i could i could not have done that you know oh, it just wasn't 
I always felt like I had to do just something that would impress a younger me, you know, like to be <laughs> engaged because I'm total ADD, like I'm all over the place. So if something isn't really engaging to me, I'm shitty at it. Like I'm horrible. Someone was trying to teach me some card game. I was down in Costa Rica with my parents and my girlfriend and I can't remember what game it is. You know, I don't know. They're trying to show me and I just didn't care. And like, I couldn't even learn the rules. And I'm just like annoyed, just like, like pissed. This like it was actually dumb. making me angry. I was like, yeah, yeah. I just, I hate everything I'm not good at. So, <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Or I'm totally engaged by it. And then that's all I want to do is like learn about it. You know, um, like my girlfriend was saying to me something she thought was neat about me recently, which, you know. You know, it's great to hear someone say, oh, here's something I like about you. But uh, oh, of course, she, was, she said, I remember when we first met and you were talking about something and you were, said you were sitting around and you couldn't believe you didn't know how air conditioning worked. And so you, you ended up wasting like a whole day, like researching it you spent and like learning all about it. Hold you know, on. Like, you spent like a an whole day, day. <laughs> yeah. just figuring out how that stuff works. Oh, yeah. And I watched videos like of how to repair shit that I didn't even have that was broken. I'm like, OK, you know, it's and then I understood it. I'm like, OK. And then it, awesomely, like a week later, mine broke. But um, <laughs> but yeah. And you fixed it. Did I, you fix it yourself? No, I had. To oh, dude, one. I, thought I was, was like, going to say. Like, <laughs> but uh, but I, I wish I, that would be a great end of that story. But I mean, it was. Uh, I think you should just I, lie. <laughs> there's a yeah maybe someday this story as i get older the story will be and then i fixed it myself young <laughs> fuckers like i didn't need anyone yeah when you get to that point where you just don't care anymore <laughs> yeah yeah, this, uh, yeah when the story's just easier yeah and i fixed it myself so there's that i but, can relate to that dude because i love like one of my one of my guilty pleasures is i love to watch youtube like i i can fall down the youtube rabbit hole so easily and you just reminded me of this happened like a month or two ago, something like that. Um, normally I watch like I'm a huge video gamer. So it's like I, I will look up like trailers or like, you know, if, if there's a new one coming out like cyberpunk, I'm so pumped or pumped for uh, for that one. Uh, but then, you know how YouTube will like suggest videos. And so YouTube suggest this video that has nothing to do with what I regularly watch on YouTube. And it's this dude, like straight up grizzly looking dude. And he's got this, this knife. And the title of the video is, uh, you know, the best knives that I've liked for survival. And so I'm like, Oh, that looks kind of cool. So I just kind of click on it. Cause I'm like, all right, tell me all about this knife, man. What can your knife do? <laughs> you know, And I'm just getting all like, like cocky about it. And then that just led down a rabbit hole to all of these like survival videos of like surviving in the woods. And I'm like, holy crap, you can do that. Like, holy crap, you can do that. And then now I get so bad to where I'm at the point where I'm coming across all these survival videos that I'm finding these ones where it's like there was one. Oh, dude, I wish I could remember his name right now. Uh, he was like he was the same kind of guy, only he was ex-military. So he was ex-marine. And okay. it, you could totally tell that he was like, "Ooh, I'm going to make my name on YouTube by, you know, doing all the survival st stuff that everybody else does. And so he does an OK job. He really does, honestly. But there was one video I came across where he's talking about surviving in the desert. Now, you and me, we both know the desert. 
<laughs> so what does this guy do? He starts his video in the desert, and then he goes over one hill, and it's all forested area with a nice river and everything like that. And he starts doing the same thing as he would in the woods, man. I'm like, really? Seriously, bro? <laughs> like, that's not how you do it. You need to do this and do that. And I'm recalling everything from, like, the mountain man that I just watched, like, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love it. Okay, we're going to get back to Nirvana. But on your thing, I was just at a gig that I was at where a bunch of guys were sitting around talking and I was saying the same thing you said, like YouTube. I'm like, fuck, I can't even go on there. Like I go to some how-to videos, some bullshit, and then I end up on there for three hours learning how to do shit I'm never going to have to do. <laughs> exactly. And I said, because I just keep suggesting like, oh, since you like this, you would like this. And this guy goes, that's how you porn works. And I go, dude, shit, you don't yell. <laughs> oh my <laughs> <In God>. room. <laughs> and he was like, into it he's like no that's totally how it works like if you look up something then it just shows you similar videos i'm like Shh. yeah this is like there's women in the room i'm like Dude, oh my god like, wow. the last two years not taught you shit like we have to be careful what we say now yeah. <laughs> and better yet don't even yell that out in a room full of dudes you know? like, just period just keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah just text it to me next time <laughs> Oh so God. from uh, pornography back to Kurt Cobain. Yes, with Kurt Cobain so in and so heartbroken when he died and when he almost OD'd. I mean, it was like, oh, that was dude. the shit. Like people talk about the Royals now. I'm like, fuck the Royals. I don't give a shit about any of that. But I remember okay. when Kurt Cobain OD'd, man, oh. I was like stuck to MTV News. Like, no, oh, yeah. it can't be. Oh, yeah. I remember I remember when I first found out about that. And uh, the funny part was, is I was like, he'll make it. He's strong enough. Like, I, I, I believed in his music that much. I was like, he's not going to go out like that. There's no way. No fucking way is he going out like that. And then, obviously, not too long after that, um, it was only like, what, a month after he gotten out of rehab or something like that? Am I remembering yeah. that right? Well, he actually left a rehab to go to Seattle where then he died, which I say... I kind of think Courtney had something to do with it. <laughs> like oh, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm so not a conspiracy guy, but I am kind of on that one. I'm like, it just doesn't, you know, I watched the documentary and I know it's all propaganda and bullshit, but it just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense no. at that point why he did it to me. Like other times, yes, but like he was kind of happy and, you know, but you know, I, who knows, who knows? I mean, See, I, I saw Chester Bennington the night before he died, the day before ooh, he died. Man, you sure we want to drop that name? Can we go there? Yeah, we can go there. Okay. I knew All him. Right. He was in a Tempe band, uh, Phoenix band, that actually is putting out his old music. I just saw my dad sent me a link online or something back when we were playing around town. So I knew him then. I lived, I was his neighbor. So I, you know, be, this is pre-Lincoln Park days and all that. Um and then just what was his sort of so he was a part of a band before lincoln park what was what was he doing then he was in a band called gray days gray days and okay. they put out two records um which supposedly so before he died he had committed with the guys from that band they were going to re-record those two records um you know with better technology and microphones and all that kind of stuff sure and uh, it would have been cool i mean lincoln park uh not totally my kind of music but i mean there's some undeniable songs they wrote that are just fucking powerful songs. Oh yeah, I I wasn't like heavily into them, but I dug Lincoln Park a lot. Yeah, every time and I'd come he, on, I'd be into it. And he, yeah, he was a uh, 
he was a great dude, like super nice, you know, but I mean, him too. I mean, I guess it made sense with the Cobain thing, you know, like he was with his family. Like when I saw him, I mean, he was fine. There was no, you know, usually someone right before they're going to kill themselves doesn't tell you about what their plans are in a month, you know, like, Oh yeah, we're going on tour and we're doing this and that. And, you know, it was just very bizarre. Um, like I wanted a conspiracy theory that I could grab onto when that happened. So I could believe, you know, he didn't do that, you know, to his family and stuff. But I mean, it was, it's, it's brutal, you know, but the, right. I've never had to deal with that level of fame, but I, I know people that do, and I know people that have responded poorly to it, which I, I always say with my band, I'm at this point in my life, I'm a hundred percent thankful. I didn't become a big rock star because it would have, for surely killed me. Well, like, yeah, I mean, you look at Kurt. No I mean, that's that's how I always felt about Kurt, and that's why I always felt there was a lot of emotion behind his songs is because he was trying to find that connection with the world that he just could not find. Like, there were several times he talked about not being satisfied. Like, he's grateful. He's absolutely grateful for everything that, you know, was going on, but the connection wasn't there, and it was just sad and sorrow that all of these things were just affecting him when it felt like... It shouldn't be, but it was, and he could see it. It's just, you know, when you're a young teenager and, you know, you're talking like that, that's just going to speak messages to somebody, which is why I connected with him so hard. And after the after that happened, I didn't even find out right away. Like, I didn't even find out until I think it was like two weeks after the fact. Um, oh, was, wow. Did yeah. you not have MTV? What the fuck? Dude, I was running around <laughs> everywhere. I was a little bastard when I was a kid, man. <laughs> like, it was bad. It was so bad. Um, but I remember I was over at my friend's house and uh, the uh, or his mom, his mom uh, knew that he was into them just as much as I was, you know, because obviously we had posters on the wall and, you know, everything. Um, and she comes in and she was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, why? <laughs> and Like, we didn't know. We had no clue. And uh, she was like, well, you're... Uh, your favorite singer passed away. And it's like, you know, being the mom thing, like, <laughs> you know, like you don't know how to communicate. And... um and I was like, wait, who, what? You know, because I knew that he was into Nirvana just as much as I was. And I'm like, don't say it. Do not fucking say it right now. And sure enough, yeah, she said, uh, some Kurt guy. And I was like, <gasps> and so I ran home. I immediately ran home and I turned on the TV. And sure enough, yeah, I ran over to, I, I, I want to say it was MTV, but I don't think it was. But anyway, I found something there where somebody was talking about it. You know, they were uh, obviously uh, Courtney Love, you know, they were capturing her because she was a huge target for the media when that all happened. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And rightfully, so. rightfully so. She's a big as shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I that's the first thing I saw in the news was her. And after I started hearing more and more and more, I just – the anger, the anger at her just continued to develop. And I was like, oh, I was convinced right then and there, that very moment. I was like, there's no way Kurt would have done that. He was, he was sad. Uh, he was, he was a lot of things, man. It wasn't even just, it wasn't even negative emotions. It was just emotions that he couldn't figure out. You know, he, he just couldn't figure out how to connect if that makes any bit of sense at all, but no, it, it totally does. And I think it, it, um, I think of him and Chester, most music people would be mad that they're discussed in the same thing, but I think Chester changed music a lot too. 
unfortunately he he introduced us the screamo and all that <laughs> shit. But he was right. he he was really fucking great at it, right? It's just all these other assholes like Lincoln or uh, what's her name, Limp Biscuit and shit came along. And- <laughs> but, oh, but, dude, that but hits Chester, so hard. Here. Chester's shit didn't have much closure to it. Same as Nirvana didn't have much closure to it. So when you look back and you're like, it ended. They never exercise those demons through their music where I think a lot of people do like to go back to what we were saying before is like, I always felt like writing songs and I still do like, I mean, I write music, I don't release and everything now, you know, just for myself, but it, it, for me, as soon as it's written and I've record, even demoed it, it's just, I can totally let it go. I don't think, I think, you know, every, I use this term loosely with myself, but I think every artist is different for me. I could let go of everything when I write it and I just don't think they could. So I think like I was saying about that song about suicide and stuff where I had to play it every night. I think all of their songs were like that. It wasn't just one song, you know, and right. And maybe, you know, they the fame and the fact that people grabbed onto these things just made it even heavier for them instead of freeing for them. You know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know Kurt, but uh, it, it just seems like that as a fan, you know, like his songs, or his, as he evolves, he doesn't have anything. Like Dave Grohl, who I, I love the Foo Fighters still. I love all those guys in the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. Like all the old bands they're from and oh, yeah. all that shit. But they, you know, his music, that music has matured with him over the year. You know, now as a 50-year-old guy, you know, he's not writing the same songs he was when he was writing Monkey Wrench on their first record. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that's that's cool, you know, like that, He's a dad now, and he doesn't necessarily write about being a dad, but it, they're dad. It's dad rock. You know what I mean? He's of not. Course, yeah. He's not alienating <laughs> people over thirty-five by, <laughs> you know, trying to be a kid. And and I right. appreciate that about him. You know, I think, I think, it it's that's what music should be for you. I mean, when they talk about oh, like you know, this would piss off my teacher friends, but you know, no music in school. No, you know, we're gonna take this way that away. All this shit. I'm like. As someone, you know, sitting in a room right now with 10 guitars in this room. I saw that. Oh, hey, speaking of which, not only did I see the guitars, you want to sit here and talk shit to me in emails about how me and Channing are getting white girl wasted while you're sitting there watching Catfished on fucking TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with Catfished. (laughs) You you know what's funny? I hit last channel because I was watching Fox News. It just happened to be on. And I was like, oh, shit, the TV's going to be in the background. I don't want to know I'm watching Fox News. Nice. Oh, hey, that was a better cover. I will easily credit you for Catfished over Fox News. (laughs) I, 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 I watch about an hour if I'm working at home or I'm in hotels all the time. I'm bored shitless. But I watch uh I'll watch like an hour of MSNBC or CNN and then an hour of Fox and just try to figure out where the fucking middle is, you know, and oh, dude, um, go they're, bo- they're both ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think either one of them is trying to tell me the real truth, but I, I don't find any of them any closer to the middle than any other one of them. You know, you, people would, people that hate Fox news. I, I mean, I hate fucking Fox news, but, um, well, you know, I see what you're doing. They, they, I, no, I get exactly what you're doing because I do the same thing. Like I'll get a whole bunch of different perspectives and then make up my own damn mind. Yeah, because you can't, you cannot hear all your news from CNN or NPR or Fox News. Like I love my parents, but they just watch Fox News all the time. Oh, dude, right? my so, mom is the same way. Drives me nuts. 
And and there there is a fair argument on the other side often. And if you don't expose yourself to it, I mean, I'm a libertarian, so it's not a Republican Democrat thing for me. Like right now, I do have on the TV on mute, and the president's getting ready to talk, and I can't fucking listen to that idiot. Oh, speak. dude, come on, man! You, you know don't what? want to hear about toilets and showers. <laughs> he's supposed to stay on script tonight, but I doubt it. I almost oh, hope not. On, dude, I mean, he's ridiculous, strong. but. But the thing is, the government isn't doing anything right now. And as a libertarian, that thrills me to no fucking end that they're doing nothing. Like, I love right. it. I hate that they're wasting money. <laughs> but don't do anything. Don't pass laws. Don't do shit. Just shut the fuck up and argue with each other or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. And that, so then that'll bring us to, when we go music and politics, every, fu- I'll say something bold here. I think every fucking musician that picks a side is just a traitor to everything. I that is another one of my pet peeves. Ooh. Like when when somebody comes out and and supports someone. Like I don't care if it's Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump. Fuck you as an artist. Why? Don't. Why do you just, say that? No, you got to dip into that uh, now. You you just triggered and, it, man. Keep going. And name drop quick. The person that really drilled that home to me was Alice Cooper in a conversation that we had. And he was really disappointed in Dave Grohl. This is back way longer. Whoa, hold on. Sorry. Oh my God. Mike pop. Sorry. You caught me way off guard with that (laughs) shit. Hold on. Alice Cooper was disappointed with Dave Grohl. So, and I, I, somewhere I have it on tape, uh, but I promised (laughs) we'd never show it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But I mean, are you, I I wouldn't show it anyway. So, I, I filmed, uh, I've had an eclectic career, but I filmed a, a pilot for a Food Network show in 2005. And one of the people I interviewed, I'll send it to you uh, after the podcast, the clip from it. But uh, okay. one of the people I interviewed for this Food Network show was Alice Cooper. And so between shots, we were talking about things. And Dave Grohl had just been on TV supporting um, probably Obama. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> uh, at that time, I guess, yeah, it would have been her. Yeah, that would have been around that election. No, it would have been, who knows, whatever. He was supporting (laughs) someone. And Alice Cooper was just saying, like, I just wish, like, you know, he's like, what? Alice Cooper is a conservative Christian dude, by the way, if you didn't know that, like hardcore. What? Um, I did not know that. Yeah, he has been for a long, long time. And he's also uh, like a pro quality golfer. (laughs) He's a really interesting, nice guy. That we oh, got an argument that. about the proper way to make a green bean casserole. It was epic. But- Are you oh <laughs> like the most unexpected thing you could ever think of about Alex yeah. Cooper? Yeah, I got into an no, argument like- one time about a casserole. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah, he thought he knew what was best, but whatever. You stick with that. But uh, I'm totally. But yeah, he was, that recipe he was like, you. that's not that way. And I said, you know, as, as a punk rock fan, I guess, you know, all and I've carried that. I still, well, punk rock mostly is dead at this point, or the kind that I liked. But, um, you know, it was like us against them. And and Alice agreed, you know, like, and he was saying in the 70s, it wasn't like that. And, you know, in rock and roll. And I was like, you know, when I was growing up, kind of a kid in the 80s, I mean, I just thought I hated the government. I just thought they were my enemy because that's what <laughs> punk rock taught me. Right. And I still, but I still fucking feel that way. Like, hardcore. Like, they're not our friends. These people... I've been around enough politicians. They, they, they're assholes, right? They want to rule. Oh yeah. And and anyone who wants to rule you and make rules for you, I I personally don't trust. I if other people want to, that's fine. <laughs> but I I don't like that they think they know what's best for me. Like there's a song by Bad Religion called "Everyone Knows What's Best for You," and I 
crank that all the time because <laughs> I just love it. It's because it's like they fucking don't. You know what I mean? Like like how politicians used to be like 100, 200 years ago. You know, they would have to stop being a farmer in Fargo to go represent that region in D.C. <laughs> It wasn't a career, you know what I mean? It was like a a time you took out because you felt like you could help your area, you know, and you would go right. all the way to DC and think you would take a train or however the fuck you got there. You know, it was like a major, and it didn't pay shit. It, it was like, and there, you know, there wasn't uh, lobbyists and all that stuff. So, I mean, you would do all this stuff for the betterment of your community. I can get behind that. Like yeah. talking eighteen hundreds politicians, right on. I like you guys. <laughs> yes. But where, wherever it turned is where it's bad now. You just watch these people talk, and you're like, you are out of touch with fucking everyone. And that like, is exactly why I've been listening to more Rage Against the Machine lately. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. What, what did someone just call them? Um, I have a great picture. I'll send you with. You can use it for the picture for this uh, podcast. With oh me yeah, you still haven't sent that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have one uh, with me and Tom Morello. Seriously, and, uh, we have a mutual friend. Well, one, he's like the mayor of Hollywood. Everyone knows him, so I'm not bragging to say that I've spent time. <laughs> okay, okay, him. I see. Yeah, and, I see what you did there. <laughs> but I've been I've been to his house at for a party, and it, believe me, this was like he knows everyone, so it was pretty fucking cool. But he, uh, you know, one thing I love about him, he's so intense. Like if it's about guitar, it's about fucking guitar. That guy is a master. And if oh, it's yeah. about um, politics, when they're on stage, it's about politics. And when he's speaking his mind, you know, and I don't feel like he supports candidates. I don't have a problem with his political. Like, I hope I didn't come off to say you can't have an opinion on things. No. If you're a rock star, I think I don't mind him having opinions, but what's weird, you encounter him in person, he will never fucking bring that shit up. He doesn't say one thing about it. He'll talk about some new craft beer, some classic car, some guitar chord. You know, it's it's his public life, but not his personal. Maybe with his best friends he does, but with Travis Randall, he doesn't. <laughs> well, so. which is fine, though, man. I mean, if you talked politics all day, you would just be bored and angry. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there... You, you, you can't, but unfortunately everyone is now all the time. Like Facebook right. used to be fun. <laughs> now it's just a okay. fucking shit show. You sure you want to say that right after you get back from San Francisco? <laughs> well, I, true. I was just at Facebook. Oh, please <laughs> tell me you told, did you meet Mark? I did not. I saw him oh. cause he does a, he does a Q and a once a week. Um, and anyone that works there can go. So I peeked my head in. Just I was just curious to see him. I'd never actually <laughs> seen him before with my own eyes. Okay. And I, I, I'm a big one for collecting memories. So uh, of course, I was like, all right, I just got to lay eyes on the guy. <laughs> and was he there? Yeah, he was there. He was answering questions. Nice. I mean, to you know, like hundreds and hundreds of his employees. But um, I kind of deceived was, you a little bit in that email when I when I nonchalantly told you to tell him I said what's up. <laughs> I was really, really, really hoping he, that you were going to get cocky and like maybe text me a picture of you and him with, yeah, yeah, he says, what's up? You know, something along those lines. And then I was hoping that he was seriously going to go try and look me up on Facebook because I don't have one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wish I didn't, but I so love, here's what I love about Facebook. I can look at picture. I Okay. Two things. First, I hate children. I hate them. But 
I like, oh, that's a I like statement. I like I like the I like my friends' children. I like my brother's children. Okay, like, you and I are on the same page. Okay. Yeah. I like kids I know. I don't but I don't care about other kids. But all the kids <laughs> I know are all over Facebook, right? From my friends and my family and stuff. So it's like a nice place to put it up. I like a good meme with a kitten in it. Like I like all that shit. It's like Oh yeah. It's just when all the people start coming in, they're like, Trump's the devil. And, you know, Hillary Clinton killed a million people. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do you need to say this out loud? Who are you converting over here? (laughs) That's the thing. I just, I I didn't have enough people. Like, I wasn't that guy that had, like, you know, a thousand friends on Facebook. You know, I only had about maybe a hundred. But they were all people that I associated with and saw on a daily basis. And it was cool to keep up with that that stuff, too. So... But the problem was, is it was like the ads, the ads started getting terrible mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, I don't really need this because I don't use it enough. Like I never post on the thing. And it's funny now because now I have an Instagram, <laughs> I have an Instagram and a Twitter and it's, I'm terrible. I'm absolutely terrible at social media, but because of this, you know, I try to keep up with it. You know, I try to, you know just do it for the podcast but um yeah i i just i could never get into facebook and i the only reason i had it and i give mark zuckerberg credit 100 percent for this is it is an excellent tool to keep up to date with you know your friends and family you know in real time oh my god there's without it um my current girlfriend reconnected with me through it you know which Without Facebook, I don't know why we would have connected again, you know what I mean, or talked after right. 25 years. Um, there would have been no real reason to or no opportunity to, you know, so it's things like that are really great. Or like our mutual friend, Jason Boutwell, I've got to see his kids grow up, but I've only got to be in Fargo twice, you know, to see his kids. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and we, we need to talk about that guy, too, because oh. he's an amazing story. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he... Because I knew him long before you did, and there's a ton of shit that he has done that is epic. Like, oh, I love best. you right now. We definitely have to talk about that. <laughs> I almost need to fly to Fargo <laughs> to, to like sit down and really pound some drinks with you. Please, I can tell you. I can tell Boutwell. We can do a whole episode on Boutwell story. Oh my god! Please, yes, I will definitely do that episode for sure. <laughs> We've been so for people listening. The reason that we are connected or having this podcast is we have a mutual friend who um, people in Fargo might know him because I'd imagine he's popular wherever he is. Oh, but dude, that guy he, knows he, everybody. He played football at NDSU, did all this shit, and I, it's so I I love your podcast. I like skipping around like this and just fuck what we were just talking about. Here's something new. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you, man. Oh, it's it's <laughs> awesome. So he. Uh, I remember finding out that he had cancer, you know, and this is like one of the most fun loving, like decent human beings I've ever known as much as he's a little shit of all the people. You know, you would think it should happen to this. I know. And just with kids and a family like that, he loves so much and is, you know, always talking about and just, you know, he's just a great guy. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like this can't be. And then, basically the kind of cancer he had and everything for it to be a death sentence is what he got. Right. And, and you know, one of my friends, an old friend, a mutual friend of ours kind of reached out to me and we hadn't talked in a while. And he's like, dude, we, what can we do? 
you know, like we have to do something. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, like I, I mean, we're like this other guy and I are like, like literally crying on the phone talking about Jason. And we're just like this, like, this is fucking up my whole world, you know? And um, then he had a fundraiser. I don't know if you were there years ago. I, was I there. wasn't. Yeah, no, I wasn't. There. Um, and, you know, he was raising the money, not even for himself, like for other people with cancer. That's what a great guy he is. But so we fly back there as he's going through chemo and his wife, Chaz, didn't tell him we were coming and we were sitting in his living room when he came downstairs. And so I knew Jason, you know, as probably 230, 240 pound, six foot six guy, you know, that <laughs> I played football with man, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got bigger than that, you know, when he went to MDSU. And then, so the last time I had seen him, he was probably like 220, um, because he was running like marathons or whatever he was doing, doing races and jogging. So, you know, an adult, 40 years old, you know, in shape. So 220 is pretty normal weight for a dude of that size. When he came down the stairs, I think he said he weighed like 175 pounds. Like, oh, man. I, I just started, I mean, I couldn't keep the tears out of my eyes, you know, and you're like, how's it going, dude? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You get all choked up. Oh, and my buddy and I were just like, what? It just looked like, death was like a day away from him, you know? And then, um, I liked Facebook for that too. Like he used it as a platform to sort of inform people and he had this blog he did. And, and, um, all of a sudden, you know, months later, I mean, we were looking at like, we didn't want to say goodbye, but it almost felt like you had to, you know what I mean? Like at his fundraiser and everything and his, his spirits were high. Like, I mean, it was just, but it was just like, it didn't look good. I mean, I've seen other people go down the path and it just it hasn't ended well once they get to that point. And so for him to watch him recover from it, and I, he just posted something like recently, I think he's like five years um, clean. Like, and I think yeah. that's the magic time, you know, when you're like, okay, it's not coming back or whatever. So just, I mean, amazing, but also like, in a good way, one of the biggest dicks ever. Like that guy. Oh, dude, yeah. All day. Yes. Like, he, but that's okay. You just, know, it's it's in a like, fun way though. Always, always with him, and it was as a little kid too. Like he just always was that guy that would do. But he was the guy. If we all went out drinking, he's the only one that would get caught and get in trouble <laughs> for it. Seriously? Oh yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Did he ever just, tell you about the time he got locked in the uh, the security door? Nah, uh, no. Oh, you got to do text tell because this will be a great story even if you don't know. Him. So um, this was in their old building. <laughs> he um, he was uh, working late or something like that, and um, he uh, how did it happen? He went to go out to his car for something. I think this is what it, how it happened, but he tells it a lot better. Obviously, it's Jason. Um, so there's you need, the, you need to have him on this podcast. I do. I've tried, man. I've tried to get. No, nah, no, nah, I'm okay. No, nah, I'm okay. Uh, I'll get no. him one day. One day he will be. On. Yeah. You hear me, Jason? One day you are going to be on this microphone. I swear. But anyway, he he was he was walking out of the office and he was going to the car for something. And you know how there's the double security door, so you have the one and then the other. So yeah, yeah. he goes through the one. And he gets up to the other door and he's like, oh, shit, I forgot my key. Turns around, the other door latches and he gets stuck in between the two. He can't get in and can't get out. Yeah, nice security feature, right? Oh, hang on. (laughs) 
Nice. I switched to Ardbeg. Oh, did you? Yep, Can you yep, yep. handle that kind we're, of transition? We're, we're kind gonna of... we're gonna get a little dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at two at four. We're at two at four. Okay. Mm. So, eventually, <laughs> he didn't even have his cell phone on him. He had nothing on him, so he had to sit there and literally wait until somebody came came along. Eventually, one of the other coworkers came along, came up to the door, sat there for a good five or ten minutes, making fun of him before they opened the door. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I want to buy that guy a drink. <laughs> I, I feel like that's every day in Jason's life. Something like that happens for sure. He's always got a good story. And then the the funny part is, is like how he starts his stories. Like that's how with you, like, I mean, it's so funny because Jason, Jason has literally listened to every episode that I have had. Right. And I'm always crediting him because like, oh, dude, you know, that's that's cool. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that you're a fan of the show. And da, da, da. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a fan. I'm a listener. I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, he's always trying to think like, oh, who can we get on your show? Da, 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 da. I'm like, I don't know. Let me know. And then one day he goes, he goes, oh, I know exactly who, who would be great for your show. And that's when he texts you when you were in Dubai. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, well, hold on. He's in Dubai. And I was like, whoa, hold on. What time is it in Dubai? Hold on. Let's Google this before we text him at like two o'clock in the freaking morning and piss him off. Uh, and he was like, yeah, no, no, no. It'll be fine. Trust me. Trust me. Just remember, you got to ask him about how he snuck the Jackson family into movie theater. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not even that good of a story. I'm like, I mean, that was a good day. Of work. I mean, the best part of that day was that I met Michael Jackson the only time in my life. And it was a week, week or two before he died. Um, so it was pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's so we can leave the Jason thing. Um, I, yeah, there's it's up so to you, man. Jason, <laughs> it's your episode roll. <laughs> the Jason thing, you have to ask him. I'll ruin this story if I tell it. He needs to be on just to okay, tell well, the story. Okay, well, just, just tell me what I can confront him with because I'll see him tomorrow okay. before this when, launches. When he crashed his car on purpose because he was late for football practice and he actually wasn't late, which he found out later. <laughs> oh, my God, Travis. I love you so much right now. <laughs> he ran it. And his wife can tell the story amazingly, too. It's 100% true. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to run into this pole because I can't run laps all day or whatever it was. Leave it there. Leave it there. I want to confront him tomorrow about that shit. Oh, I'm so excited now. Like I said, I think everything with him is so amazing because I feel like just I just want to follow him around. So he like six months ago or I don't know what it was. Uh. He sends me a text. He's like, hey, I'm out in the middle of in North Dakota coming back from something. And I'm at this gas station and they sell animal faces, which I know you love. I'm yes. like, buy everything they have. He bought me like $200 worth of dead animal faces. I literally just heard this story last week. It was the best. And he sends him. He's like all happy. He's like, well, like, look what I found you. He's okay. like, because I know you're big into the. The raccoon faces, but they have skunks and bobcats. I'm like, oh, shit, yes. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Just for the listeners, bro, we need to address why you're so excited for animal faces. So I often carry them around in my pocket, right? Because at work, people are always like, I need a, uh, and then I love to just pull out like a raccoon face and go, a raccoon face? And then they're like, people are like, what the fuck? And they jump. And 
Oh my god! And, and then, then I, I like, I leave them weird places, like my brother's house. Or I put them between towels that aren't going to get used for a while, or just like <laughs> weird places that people are going to reach into, like a random mailbox on the side of the road, <laughs> like raccoon oh my face, god, dude. That is so great because it's oh. it's like harmless fun. I mean, I guess if I did it to a vegan or something, they'd probably be pretty upset. But that's yeah, what Bowell said. He was like, "You had an issue with PETA at one point." <laughs> Oh, I've had my, yeah, not, I don't talk a ton of smack about them because a side business I have is I'm partners in a, a printing business and we do a lot of stuff with Peter. So <laughs> oh my I've, God. Should I cut this my, out? <laughs> no, no, you can leave it. My I'm not going to say the name of the company. My business okay. partner um, is a vegetarian, sometimes vegan, but a uh, big animal rights guy. Awesome. Huge hearted guy. Um, you know, it's always weird to eat a steak in front of him, but whatever. <laughs> you know, you have your own choices and stuff. But so he he does a lot of printing uh, for no profit for places like PETA. And, you know, I, there's things that PETA, do, you know, it's not just about not eating animals. It's also about treating them decently and stuff, which I, I do believe in. I mean, I was a hunter growing up and, you know, I'll still shoot something and eat it. But sure. um but that doesn't mean that I think it should live a shitty life before I get to shoot it. Well, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm sure all your vegetarian fans are like, nope, we're done with this whole oh, thing. I highly doubt I even have a vegetarian fan. And if yeah, I do. <laughs> are there are there vegetarians in Fargo? Oh, yeah. No, Fargo is like. Far, the thing I like about Fargo is that it's super progressive i mean even though i don't agree with a lot of the people here uh it's it's very interesting if that makes sense like it's very easy to go downtown and associate with people <clears throat> and i mean if you know me by now i love a good story you know so it's very easy to find around here and so with it being so progressive and the food the food is great uh and the local live music it's it's a good city, man. I like Fargo, even though it's cold I, as I, fuck. I went to a I went to a great place there when I was back. Uh, I went to Detroit Lakes with uh, our mutual friend of, uh, a year or so ago, <laughs> and um, when we got there, my buddy Robert, who lives out here, and I he's he's another one you should have on the podcast. He's a very exciting. I'm down. Exciting guy. He he's a huge steel salesman, but because of steel, that, he sells like metal to arenas and shit. Yeah, but like for arenas and stuff. Oh, okay. and um, because of that, though, he goes to all the coolest shit. Like, I think I'm cool. Like, I was at the Super Bowl, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm doing this party at the Super Bowl. You should be here." And he's like, "I have tickets to that, and I'm not even going to it." And the tickets were seventeen thousand dollars. What right? per Hold ticket? On. Yeah. What? Yeah. Was it's that the like NFL the party in the stadium? What's oh, that? Oh my god, was that like the cheapest ticket? That was. So you buy that, and you get it gets you into this party. And then tickets into the game. And then after the game, 60 seconds after the game concludes, you can go on the field when they're shooting off the confetti. Oh, my God. And he skipped it, right? Because he does <laughs> cool shit all the time. Uh-huh. So, oh, so so Robert and I fly up, which is hilarious because the only thing we found in Fargo was like Allegiant, right? And I think Robert flies ah, first yes. class <laughs> a lot. And I'm a, I'm a fan of business class, first class, but... Allegiant Delta does not have that. For you have to buy a 7-Up if you want one. Wait, what? I heard, yeah. Yeah, on Allegiant, you have to buy soda. 
Like it's <laughs> what, what happens if you get to take off and you're like, no, I'm not buying that. All right, get out. And you just open yeah. the door. <laughs> it's, it's a weird airline, but they fly great places like Appleton, Wisconsin. I can fly directly, you know, like from right. Phoenix and yeah. an airport that's right by my house, actually. So it comes in handy. But so we fly up there and uh, down here in the Southwest, where you're originally from, right? Like you would know, we don't have Taco John's. Right. And so we have such Del a Taco. Great, yeah, we have Del Taco and but I don't even, why would you even go there in the Southwest? We have a taco shop on every corner that's amazing. That's but, true, but I mean like when you're in see, I grew up in Yucca Valley though. That's the catch. Like the only time I got to like actually get good authentic food was every time we went down to Palm Springs. And at that point I'm like uh, you know, I'm in my teens. I'm not even driving yet. Oh, for some for some reason I thought you were a Pasadena guy. No, that's my brother. Okay. My, my brother is from, uh, that's what you're remembering is when I was t- telling Channing, my older brother, he lives in South Pasadena. And I was making, we were making fun about how my brother called it out on me. Like, uh, no, Phil, it's not Pasadena. It's South Pasadena. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. no, Pasadena okay. assholes. Are like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you would actually, you would actually dig him. Um, he has a punk band called Gavlak. And uh, that's like his, his like side thing that he does. Uh, he well, did. You'll have to. You'll have to tell me when they're playing. I'm. I spend a good part of my year in L.A., so um, I'll text him and find out. Yeah, I'm always looking for. I, and I'd go see anyone. So my trip to Fargo, and so I we are walking by. We went to get derailed. Um, <laughs> so in Fargo, like Robert and I were bored, and we're like going around waiting for something to do, and then. Uh, we went to where the wood chipper from the movie is. Oh the, yeah, oh yeah. Hands of fame right. thing. So we, we stumbled upon that. And we're like, oh, this is cool. You know, we're taking pictures with our leg in it and stuff. Like, oh, look at us. <laughs> and then uh, I saw Taco John's and they had a flaming hot Cheeto burrito. I'm like, this is the biggest raping of Mexican culture ever. <laughs> and I want and I want one right fucking now. <laughs> Exactly. Like holy shit, playing to that oh, American I in, culture. When I was grow, when I was growing up, they had a Hidden Valley Ranch burrito. I remember <laughs> as a kid that I loved. I mean, so it was just chicken and ranch dressing, which is so Midwestern. <laughs> right. And their large soda was called oh. the Big One, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure it's not anymore, but no, there's no, no, we're too politically correct for that shit now. But so spending oh. time in Fargo. Uh, you know, we were making fun of it on the plane because I'd only been through there on tour. And so on any tours I've been on with my own band or with other bands, it's like uh, you just don't see much of the town, really. Like people think, oh, great. You're in this town. You're in that town. You don't see shit. You see the hotel, a radio station, the fucking <laughs> arena and the bus and you're gone. And uh, so, you know, my exposure of, to Fargo had been this very small one. So we're ripping out the whole way up there, just laughing like, oh, fucking Fargo idiots and stuff. (laughs) And and then we got there and we met amazing people. We had so much fun. And to see the support around Jason for his thing, I guess this is going back to that trip. And then, yeah, like the restaurants and stuff. And Jason took us to, it looked like an old theater maybe turned into like a bar. It had a sign like a theater. I wish I I could remember it because it, Seemed like it had been there forever. And it was awesome. This amazing drunken 70-year-old woman who was hitting on Jason the whole time. Who's like dying who's dying of cancer. I have pictures of it. She was kissing oh, him on the cheek. Dude, that's awesome. It was, oh, oh I'm gonna find that picture and you're gonna show it to him. Absolutely. So oh and he's dude. literally like he hadn't drank in forever and he was kind of sipping a beer, but you know, it was like 
he just got through chemo. He, like he, a beer would have probably killed him, but he just wanted a dude night out. But sure. the, but that bar, like all these places we went, I mean, everything, you know, it, it made a lot of sense in the last election for me, again, not picking any sides on it, where <laughs> I think a lot of people in the middle of the country in places like Fargo felt really alienated, um, you know, by two real elitists, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, that uh, didn't really no. give a fuck about them. And I think it, it caused a lot of confusion, you know, like, and, you know, I know a lot of people, I mean, most of my friends live in New York or LA. That's the way it is. And sure. And they're dicks, right? Like, I mean, when it comes to the middle of the country, they don't think they don't value anyone's opinion. They think it's filled with hillbillies. I mean, that shit's true, you know, and it, pisses off people in the midwest and that trip to fargo was like a big eye opener for me i was like this is a happening town this is a cool place i would yes. love to live here minus the weather right you know, and going to, <laughs> to detroit detroit lakes was insane oh yeah you know like oh yeah i had a blast <laughs> we had so much fun there and i'm like god i gotta open my mind up I, like i forget that shit sometimes because i tend to go to major markets only for my work and i just i miss out on how awesome you know what i mean like places are you know that oh yeah no one thinks about those little like things. kansas city's cool as shit you know? never been never been uh i got a friend talking to me about wanting to go to nashville this spring and i was like I've never been don't go check it out <laughs> it's it's uh i like it i like oh, it. oh man you did not sell that now i seriously don't want to go <laughs> It's if you're going, okay. if you're going there for this, like last Mosaire, I went for a concert and the food, and I had a blast, and it was the greatest place on earth while I was experiencing it. <laughs> I mean, the food is amazing, and the history there with music is amazing, and all that stuff's really great. As a city, though, it's a little troubled, you know, but Ooh. it's making a resurgence. It's like Detroit, you know, it's coming back. So you just got to find the cool stuff. Okay, noted. Oh, so. man. Wow, we went in so many fucking directions. I know. What else can we rip on? Where else can we take my ADD? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. Um... Imagine working with me. This is me all the time. Like, just Well, dude, actually, okay at work, I am pretty focused. Like I was saying before, <laughs> I think I'm probably good at what I do because I'm really engaged in what I do. So my brain isn't all over the place. But <laughs> how many times have we talked about like what do you do? What do you do, Travis? Okay, so <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I would say I think it's unique. I could be wrong. Someone could email me and correct me on this. But so I'm a technical director mostly, but I'm also a production manager. And what's your company name? My company's called Full Staging. So the weird thing though is. All these things I'm doing, I'm not even working for my own company. Like I, I have an office staff. I couldn't handle being in the office anymore. So I got a great office staff and I went back out in the world sort of independently and I monitor my business, but I work outside of it. How many people do you have working? Over the course of a year, probably two to 300, but oh um, <laughs> full time, full time ish, probably 20. Okay. Um, you know, mostly it's an on-call situation. Um, and you primarily focus on any kind of special event for a major vendor. Does that yeah. Sound so w w what we've done, um, 
So don't cut this out, but I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. So it's up to you, my, man. It's your episode, bro. <laughs> you roll. Okay. We'll say it like this. My, <laughs> my main client that I started with is now easily the biggest movie studio in the world. Right. And so. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I know exactly why you're doing this. It's because of Chan or not Channing. Did you listen to Chris's episode? I did. Which one was he? Uh, Chris part. Uh, it's Chris Argenziano. We did a second part with him because he came back into the studio to bullshit. And I know where you're going, and you're going towards the Disney direction. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the funny part about this, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail you. We're going to go off on a whole no, no, no. tangent here. Um, since I've been doing this podcast, I've been learning all kinds of different things, and. I kind of freaked out because I was still in that gray area. Like, do I, am I okay to talk about brands? Like, am I okay to say a brand name, you know? And as much Google searching as I put into this, like I could never find any legality on whether or not it is okay to say a brand name. And Oh no, you can say all that shit. From my end, I have to worry about NDAs and stuff that I've signed. Oh, um, I gotcha. See, no, well, well know, here's the thing though, is I didn't know that. I, I was wondering, like, oh, am, do I need to like it's one of those things like do I need to ask permission kind of thing, you know, copyright and you know how stringent that stuff gets. I didn't know any of that. And the reason why I couldn't find any <laughs> of that is because when I started looking into marketing my podcast, that's when all of that shit started to pop up. And they were like, hey, if you mention a brand, not only is it okay, you should send them an email saying, hey, you were featured in this episode, just letting you know. If you have any questions, let us know, and there's a chance that you might connect with somebody. So oh, it's funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, let's, so let's drop some names. Glenn Morangi Scott. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Nectar door. Like send me an email, I'll get you my address so you can send some. Well no, you're it's the best it's the best shit. Like oh, it's dude, so good. I, would, I will totally send you my address. But check this out. You <laughs> since you've been involved in this industry like as long as you have been, you are totally gonna get a kick out of this. I was so scared in that episode because I didn't have an answer. That's the thing. It's like if I don't have an answer, I'm gonna assume the worst. <laughs> So it's like this whole time we're talking about Grolsch beer and how much Grolsch beer we like it. And it's funny in that episode because he can't figure out how to work the fucking the, the growler <laughs> bottle. <laughs> so I had to teach him how to do that. But anyway, we're, we're talking about these brands and we're talking about, you know, um, sending us free stuff or whatever, you know, just brand mentioning. But then we get to Disney and I freaked out. And so in that episode, I censored Disney because <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> Because they're such a big entity now, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, they, yeah, they own everything. I mean, we went from, I probably used to do eight to 10 premieres a year with them to with acquisitions and whatever. This 2020 is, we have 23 premieres. Oh I mean, my God, seriously? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it, it'd be hard for someone to understand how much work that is, but it's not like we don't just show up to work and start working. You know what right. it, 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 There's like, you know, pre-production, there's all this stuff. And so like when I go out next week, we have call of the wild and onward, like back to back, you know, we're blocking off a major thoroughfare in Los Angeles, building a 400 foot tent in the middle of the <laughs> road, God. you know, with shit. I mean, you saw some of the pictures I sent you of like star Wars stuff. It's incredible. We, it is incredible. We built, them, we built the millennium Falcon to scale. Yes. Like, and had people walk under it, you know? So, uh, you know, epic, 
epic things, you know, in big things. So I think they're so big they don't care. I'd give you this advice on that though. So I was in a band called Stone Bogart that used Humphrey Bogart's face as like in our original logo. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah. The whole time we're like, oh my God, the best thing would be if Warner Brothers sued us, right? Because everyone will hear our name. <laughs> That's a and good then, point. Uh, they, we did get a cease and desist order. So we're like, okay, we took the, we changed the picture. But I mean, there's nothing they can do to some tiny band. But it got us a little bit of press, like, oh, these poor little guys are getting harassed by Warner Brothers. And then at some point, we covered um, on our second record the Lumberjack song by Monty Python. I know I just said I hate cover bands, but that's a great cover song. I don't know if you know. <laughs> Get a and couple glasses I, of scotch and the tables turn. <laughs> but everybody said, oh, you're going to get sued or whatever. I'm like, what are they going to sue me for? I'm a fucking broke musician, you know? And then uh, <laughs> right. we, did get, we did get a notice from them, you know, like, hey, quit it. We're like, well, it's already out there too late. You know, now Napster's <laughs> a thing and it's floated around the world and right. people liked it, you know, and listened to it. And then I was just like, I remember, you know, getting the email to stop it and just saying, no, we're not going to stop it. (laughs) There's nothing to get from us. You know what I mean? And we're not really, we're not making any money off of it or anything. You know, I mean, that's not why people are buying the records. And, uh, and we just, and they kind of laughed like they're like, all right, well. We hope your album goes huge so we can sue you. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God, it's just like, I suppose. <laughs> like, what were they going to do? I'm like, what are you going to sue me and my 10-year-old fucking Camry? You know, take that away from me. <laughs> my two-bedroom apartment in Mesa, Arizona. Like, I don't have a lot to lose, buddy. Oh, you were talking all that shit, but if they would have mentioned a musical instrument, I bet you would have snapped. <laughs> well, and then, but there you go. Again, talking about good things, like, in every interview, I always talked about how great Fender was and how great these different things were. Um, Jim Beam. Jim Beam gave us tons of money and paid for our rehearsal studio and uh, tons of equipment because I drank Beam all the time, talked about it all the time. And back then, um, alcohol companies and bands were all really good friends in the 90s. And they were pumping money into us, you know what I mean, to be seen with their shit. So... Uh, it worked out great, you know, sometimes to talk about these major brands, as long as you're saying in a good way. But Beam was always like, yeah. I remember them saying, uh, yeah, we love it that you love our product, but can you love less of it when you're talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're, you're the one sending us fucking cases. Of this <laughs> Seriously. Shit, you know? Maybe send me those little baby bottles or something. <laughs> and am I right in thinking that with all the research that I've done, as long as you're, it's not slander, you're fine. Oh yeah, if you're talking positive about anything, no one's. It's nothing. Perfect. Even if you're talking shit about it, you know, like it. It. it this is America. Having like we touched on this, having just come from Dubai, where it's against a lot of slander things or people. You know, like you become really aware of how free we are here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when you can't talk shit about anything and, you know, it's really hard. Like you can't legally tell someone to go fuck themselves, which is really hard because I get a lot of shit done that way at work. And so, <laughs> right, dude. To, to, not, to not be able oh. to bully people. Like I get the anti-bullying com- campaign, but I bully people for a living. That's what I have to do <laughs> to make things happen. Right. So. I'm in a place where you can't bully anyone. You can't swear at anyone. I'm like, shit. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get anything done? Maybe I I might be a better person now because I had to get something (laughs) done. Because you spent a month in Dubai. (laughs) 
See that places like that scare me though, because I, I would be far too nervous on making some simple mistake that would just be completely insignificant in our country, but to theirs, it would be something extraordinarily serious and wind up in prison for how long? Yeah, you're definitely conscious of that all the time. I'll I'll tell you a great Dubai story with social media is so I knew you know while I was in Dubai. Um, we blew up that dude in Iran, right? That happened. And then Iran said, <laughs> we're going to blow up Dubai. So, and, and I was, Oh my God, you were there for that. Holy shit. Oh yeah. And so I'm on the beach next to the Burj Al Arab, um, which is a very, there's two very famous buildings in that country. And the Burj, that Burj is one of them. Um, and it's on the beach, right? So it's the closest point from Iran to, you know, it's just over the Persian Gulf. I'm right on the thing. Easy place to hit. Oh Not super God, exciting. Dude. I didn't even piece it, that together. Oh, yeah. But everything is very censored in Dubai. So I was more hearing it through people sending me texts or emails. And I'm like, hey, everything is super regulated here. Stop <laughs> sending me information that maybe I'm not supposed to have. Because I don't even know how this shit works. You know, <laughs> right. people are posting on Facebook like, hey, dude, you should get the fuck out of Dubai. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. stop saying this stuff. So, oh you know, God. in the middle of this, like work is work. Like I got to work. I'm not leaving. So I'm not going to sit and pout, right? Like you have to work and do what you have to do. Right. So I'm doing, doing my stuff. And, uh, and oh shit, where was I going with this story? Oh, so the the worst storm in Dubai in 23 years hits. No way. It just goes from oh, yeah. bad to worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I th- this could be a two-hour podcast just talking about the debacle that was Dubai. But so my, my generators, I have two big generators, like the size of semi-trailers, right? For anyone who doesn't know what a generator is, they're huge power sources. Well, the, the water came up 20 feet on the shore. What? And started taking, yeah, started taking them into the ocean, right? Like, I mean, the, oh they were in God. water. And so I'm like, holy shit. So for my production friends on Facebook, I post a picture of it and said, you know, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, have you guys ever seen this? Whatever. I don't tag myself in Dubai. I don't tag anybody. I'm not friends on Facebook with anyone in Dubai. Within 30 minutes, this woman from the generator company, because I didn't realize there was a sticker from the generator company, you know, that could be seen in the picture. She posts, hey, we've got your back. We'll take care of this. We'll do whatever. Like, we'll fix it. Oh, my God. Seriously? Never met this woman. Never been in an email thing with her. Nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, so I <laughs> asked dude, he's like, oh, they monitor everything, you know? So he's like, I don't know what happened, but he's, and it makes sense though. Wow, he said, what, what probably happened is, you know, their social media officers saw it, contacted this company because it makes the country look bad, you know, and said, you need to fix this. This, you know what I mean? Like we can't have no this going around. Way. And then, so I posted really nice back, you know, I was like, Oh shit. You know, like your people have been so amazing and like the help of and, and the, the company was amazing, but, um, you know, I went over the top, like thanking them for everything they did to fix the problem. But it was just like, Holy shit. This is not America. <laughs> I remember telling, I was talking to this, oh uh, uh Pak- Pakistani guy one day we we're eating lunch together and he, so he grew up in Pakistan, lives in Dubai. Now he's a production guy. And he's never been to America. He's never been anywhere besides those two places. And he said, yeah, I mean, you guys can just say whatever you want. I said, I could hang 
I could put a sign up in my front yard that said that says fuck Trump and no one could legally make me take it down. <laughs> it, and he was like, that blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't even say I disagree with what the sheik or shake is up to, you know, like, yeah, you can't even be public about it. And I just, I, I don't know. I just had a job offer two of them actually for Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, no, I, Ooh, I just, yeah, I, I don't, oh, man. There's so much money there right now, like so much money. But I'm like, I, I can't it, do though? it. Yeah. Like, I just can't, like, I, that lack of freedom, but also walking around, no graffiti, no homeless, no dirt, no anything anywhere. Yeah. Everything is pristine and perfect. It's creepy. Okay. You think yeah, it's but utopia, I mean, but it's creepy. That's the thing is like, is that just the main face of it? You know what I mean? Is there, is there, cause when, when you talk like that, it makes me think of like North Korea, like whenever, um, especially when it's like us travelers and they come to North Korea, they're guided and, uh, specifically, oh. you know, yeah. guided to specific areas. But if you get a, a, a broad overview of it, you know, it's actually a very, very downtrodden country, you know, it's, it's falling apart. But, and oh. I wonder if it's like that in some spots, maybe not because, you know, I, I've always looked at Dubai like, okay, that's like the one thing that was built on this planet that they want to show off to everybody else about how fucking sweet it is. <laughs> yeah. So. And so, so I'll talk a little smack about it because I don't want to go back. Uh, <laughs> you should, Okay, hold on because so, this is a business decision you're making now. <laughs> so the um, – I and I, I did love it. I loved – I mean, there was a lot of really great, amazing things about it. But, you know – and there's a big thing online, and they're addressing this right now, right? Is slavery is alive and well in Dubai. What? And, and it, I didn't but even know that. <laughs> so, like, our laborers say they live in these barracks outside of town, 12 guys to a room with one bathroom to share with those 12 guys. Oh, no and way. They, they, take, they take home $20 a day, basically. What? Their pay is, yeah. American. So, um, the, what's great though for me going there before I realized what a human horrible thing it was really is I'm getting these people I was paying $50 a day per guy now per day so in the US that's about average of what I pay per guy like we go on tour per stagehand what I'm okay. saying is there someone who's going to help me do whatever so there I'm paying $50 a day per guy so I was just like fuck it bring them all because I had budgeted uh you know U.S. prices and whatever so I had all so that did help my show but um I was gonna say two and a half time pay increase yeah it's gonna catch a lot of attention there so these guys um they like so they live in these barracks they get bused to work uh they're really happy and nice whatever they're from Pakistan Afghanistan um Bangladesh and India are the primary sources of this labor. I don't mean and, to cut you off, but how did you come across these people? Uh, it's a company that like does um, entertainment shows, you know, so they, that's who you call when you're in town. It's a UK based company. I won't okay. say their name because I'm no, 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 that's out. fine. I don't need a name, but I'm just wondering how the process works. Like, so you get to a place and then you call this company and be like, Hey, I need this amount of people because we're doing this and they, they guide you in the right place. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, we organize that months out, right? We're like, we're coming, here's 
what our needs are going to be okay. roughly. We'll single, you know, we'll get it more specific as we get close to it. And then you get there and you just deal with them every day. Like I need this many people. Gotcha. And, and then you but, stand there and play director for everything. Like yeah, people are so com- then, people are constantly coming up to you like, Hey Travis, what about this? Yeah, go do this. What about this? Yeah, go do that. Yeah. So, you know, the master plan for this. So this one's hard. You have these four different nationalities trying to make a dream come true for a Chinese company that is throwing the most outrageous party you've ever seen you know, <laughs> under the Burj Al Arab. Like oh, everything man. about it is fucking crazy. Was there any tension like, there at all? <laughs> oh, the Chinese kind of, cause they were, uh, I'm going to be uh, super racist, put a little blinker on this. Anyone who's uh, triggered <laughs> easily Chinese people who, well, this is way longer. China, because, you know, uh, capitalism is a little more new to their culture or being able to make as much money as you want or that kind of thing. So I was the company I was working for. Don't give a shit. Don't want to work for them ever again, either is uh, China Amway. And so, no way. Uh, is it yeah, that oh yeah, Amway? It's, Fuck it's off. huge, huge in China. No so, fucking way. Are you serious? Yeah. So they flew. It was eight parties. And it was about 2,000 to 2,500 people per party that we did, right, over this time. We had seven barges filled with fireworks. We had pyro drones, oh which I had never God. even seen in my life, right? Like crazy shit that we had. And, I mean, everything just out of control, <laughs> 100 miles an hour. But the Chinese are like, they just like tell you, like, uh, I can't even explain I could have been lower on their respect level than I was. It was like, do this. I mean, just no everyone. way. Just like commanding and, you. Oh yeah. And like party guests, like, I, I mean, I'm not a server or any, I mean, we had those. I mean, I'm just there monitoring the event, making sure it's going right. And everything's happening, you know, walking around in like a, a sport jacket kind of at that point. And they'd have like an empty glass of wine and they'd just shake it at me. It's like, oh, you work for us. Oh my God. Wow. And would that, okay. Now are we crossing or crossing that racial line? Like, I mean, was it, was it racist because you were white? Oh, a hundred percent. I wasn't one of them. So I was working for them. Okay. What they saw it as. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, and you know, like no, um, like in a, I've been a lot of places and, you know, for all the shit that America, Americans attack America for, like, we're, you know, we're racist. We're not tolerant. We're, we are incredibly fucking tolerant as a country. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's assholes amongst us for sure. But, you know, like we look at people, say hello to people, excuse me to people. That is not a worldwide thing. It just is. No, no, man. That is, yeah, that's definitely one thing because, you know, I try to pay attention to as much as I can. And that's one thing I've noticed, especially in the Middle East, man, is it's very, very strict. Oh, yeah. you you, To the death strict. (laughs) Like, you don't talk to a woman in a full hijab at all unless she addresses you. Like, you don't look her in the eye. Which is like weird on an elevator or something. You're used to walking in and saying, Hey, how's it going? You know, none of that. Like you, you can't this great 
like French dude walked onto an elevator I was on and there's these like four women in the full hajib and he's like, Hey, how are you ladies doing? <laughs> and they're just like bumping into each other. Like, like, oh, like get away, get this away. Is, oh my God. Is, you know, and it's like, ah, and I told the dude, I'm like, Hey, you're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> like, oh my god dude. and he's like what's up i'm a friendly guy i'm like dude no not now. see and that's who we are that's like that's our culture is to bump into people you know and just strike up conversation but the, obviously out there they have much strict standards and that's the part i was telling you i was terrified of is like i'm that guy like i'm that guy that can go up and talk to anybody even if i'm getting a weird look and you know even like you know how they portray in the movies where it's like you know you have those those couple people that are just kind of like talking secret you know about somebody and you know they're talking about i'm i can totally walk up to those people and be like what's up what's going on how's it going you know and just strike up a convo but I get terrified because now with what you just told me, you know, if they're in full heat, I, I wouldn't have known that. And if I did that in front of, like, say, a Dubai security officer, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Not good. Oh, Ugh. so now we're we're in the 90-minute section, so. <laughs> oh, my God. You are on track. Is that the uh, is that the Johnny Walker? Uh, no, I, I went back to the Glen Morangi because I'd have to get off the microphone <laughs> if I went over to the <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take only, a break? I, I only brought two bottles to the party. Oh, oh. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. okay. We're in sort of the final slide. So, but So to the Dubai thing, so uh, do you want to hear a great, like super racist thing to say in Dubai? Fuck <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So this Irish dude who is my safety expert, who's supposed to be keeping me safety or safe, who is totally shitty at his job, right? <laughs> but um, Connor, what's up? He'll never hear this. Uh, Called out like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's good at his job. He just ignored a lot of really unsafe shit I was doing. <laughs> legally unsafe and technically unsafe are very different things so i was technically okay. totally safe legally i was very much unsafe <laughs> um so he he like got my sense of humor we kind of had like me and you like laughing bros like we're getting along so he pulls me aside he's like hey do you want to hear the most racist thing in Dubai? And I, oh, someone can dude. send me a message if this isn't true, right? But right. he's like, this is worse than the N-word in America. I go, I have to know it. Yeah, like, I know. The curiosity is <laughs> too high. Yeah, yeah, you can't just say some crazy shit. He's like, you go to jail for saying this. I'm like, I have to know what it is. So we're like totally like on the beach, like hiding out. And he's all looking around. And um, so he said, I heard these ladies you work with call them um, – uh, ghosts, right? Because in their full hajib, like you can't see their legs move or anything. So it's, and they're wearing like a sheet. So it, so it's like, they just sort of coast across the ground. Right. Like, so they were calling ghosts or whatever. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you shouldn't say that. It's probably like racist or something like there. They might be offended. And he heard me say that. So then he's like, no, 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 they're not <laughs> offended by that. Here's what they're offended by. Oh God. So he's like, uh, if you call them bin bag ninjas, that's the worst thing you can call it, which fuck? seems like not a bit like bin bag, like trash can. Yeah. 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 Bin. Yeah. Trash bin. Yeah. Um, bin bag ninjas. Cause there's not many Americans there. It's a UK dominated more area or Europe, you know? So 
I was like, Ben Bag Ninjas could send you to jail. He's like, dude, never say it. Don't say it out loud. No like, Why'd you way. tell me? Because now I only want to say it. <laughs> no. And then he said, no, like at night, sometimes you just hear people yelling out of the window. Like anonymously. Oh my God, like that's you... that's the highlight of that you know you're partying that hard is yelling Ben Bag Ninjas. Yeah. I want to like, title even... this episode that now. <laughs> And like, even your racism is so nice. Like, that's not even mean. No, it's not. It's so gentle. Yeah, I was like, really? That he's like, that's majorly offensive. I'm like, I, I, this is the wrong place for me because (laughs) you are absolutely terrifying me of Dubai right now, man. I never want to go. It, but but also it's like so you're in these malls like I pet a penguin two penguins in my mall that had a ski hill in it in my mall oh with my, my hotel was attached to, um, and that's the it, thing they have yeah. like they have all of these huge extravagant things to attract people because it's Dubai you know that's that's what I was saying about before you know they they built the city. <laughs> they built this city. They built this city. I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh my god! I've had too much scotch. Um, they built that to be the that pinnacle that you know you come to Dubai and you can you know do all of these extravagant things and they're geniuses. The people that marketed that are geniuses. I I can't even begin to fathom how much money revolves around Dubai. Like that's it's. It's great. It's against the law to have a dirty car there. Are so, you like, serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, it, like it's a law. And I it's there's a story behind that, but it is a law. You can't have a dirty <laughs> oh car. Oh, my God. The, sh- the shittiest Uber I had was a Lexus. Oh, I mean, my I never God. had anything below that. And I had Teslas as like the low end Uber. I mean, that's just what picks you up and takes you around. It, wow. Like all their coins, if if your coin gets like scrubbed and stuff, they take it out of circulation and put a new clean one in. If it gets I mean, so, scratched. Yeah. If it's just, you know, like a, like an old quarter you'd have here. You don't see that shit there. Like none of that. It's all, oh every God. coin is perfect. Every dollar or dirham there is perfect. Like everything is nice. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre. Wow. But so like you go in the, the, these malls, which are, they put the, makes the mall of America look stupid. Right? Oh, I it's believe like, it. Yeah. Well, I thought the mall of America wasn't that great when I first saw it. <laughs> no yeah. offense. <laughs> it, it wasn't a big fan. I where I'm from Appleton until the mall of America, we had the best mall, I think at least in the Midwest, maybe in America, the Fox Valley mall, which was really cool. Um, but then yeah, seeing these malls in Dubai are just crazy like one had an aquarium at it <laughs> oh one has a ski hill in it i mean they're just out of control ski hill <laughs> oh my god but so as i was learning about this i'm like oh one of my coworkers who's boring as fuck was like let's go to- <laughs> dude i love how that direction went <laughs> he's like let's go to cheesecake factory or chilies because they're in the mall really like, oh <laughs> God, we're in Dubai. Let's like eat Dubaian food or whatever. You know, this is like <laughs> night one or two. Right, right. And we went to the Cheesecake Factory. It looks out on the ski hill or Chili's or I don't remember which one we were at. And then I ordered like a mojito because that was all they had in this cocktail thing. 
and then started like all the others are illegal (laughs) and i'm like i'm not even feeling these mojitos at all and the waiter's like oh these are mocktails we can't serve alcohol in the government-owned property because the government owns the malls no what the fuck yeah so i yeah paid twenty dollars a piece for these mocktails that weren't getting me buzzed. 20, oh, okay, like, hold on. Define $20. 20 American dollars. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. So I dr- for I a drink, non-alcoholic mojito. <laughs> I drank $60 worth of club soda with mashed up fucking, oh. uh, it, what do you think, uh, mint leaves or whatever. Are you still pissed about that? <laughs> I still am. But then I learned there's a barrier you cross back. I was staying in the Sheridan. And then once you cross the barrier, there's actual bars, right? And you can smoke, drink, you can do whatever in these bars. Once you get in the Western world, which is what basically the hotels are, you can do anything you want. So, uh, you know, there, but still cocktails, like a, a baseline cocktail was $20, like for uh, gin and tonic. You know, like the whatever the rail one was is twenty bucks. Oh my god, I can't even. I can't even handle that right now. I'm not even. I'm not even there, and I can't handle this shit right now. Oh my god. But here's the thing: you like as a whiskey. You're a whiskey lover as well. Yes. Uh so we do a little research because we're working like eighteen hours a day. So a lot of it is just sitting around. Oh my and doing god, whatever. eighteen hours a day. Oh, okay. So it's like you're. Oh, dude, whenever I hear, like, now the people pitching for a 32-hour work week, I'm like, fuck all of you. (laughs) I work so much more than that happily, right? (laughs) I guess find what you love and do that, you know, and I'm a big believer in that. But um, but at work, I mean, a normal day when I'm on site somewhere would be – like at Facebook or something, it's 12 hour days is the minimum day you're going to work, you know, and you just do what you do and it sucks and it's bad for your health and whatever, but they pay great and get her done. Right. Yeah. Hammer it out, man. So, but in a lot of these days, you know, there's just times I'm not doing the physical labor anymore. I'm doing the planning and the, you're the shot caller, man. Yeah. You're up at the top. Like, no, you're, you're pointing your finger, are you? (laughs) But I'm still there. And occasionally, you know, you, you do, you you need to show people what to do. And I came from them, right? Like I, you know, I'm not better than them. I was just once you worked your way up and you started your own thing. Yeah. I totally understand and respect that for sure. So I, so I can show people what to do. But then again, there's a lot of me sitting around dicking around with other dudes, you know, on the <laughs> higher level yeah. talking yeah, about Yeah, presidents, no big whoop. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we, to go back to that, it's not like I became friends with any of them, you know, just interact. Sure, sure. As we were doing this podcast, Obama's like, what's up, homie? <laughs> yeah, I wish you would have called me. I found Obama to be the least friendly of all the presidents. No way. And I've known every president, or I've met every president since 1988. That's fucking impressive. But Dude. um, And Obama is the least friendly? Come on, you got a fist bump, man. And he does so good on social media. (laughs) I know. I don't don't hate him, but he was the least engaging. George Bush Jr., one of the coolest celebrities I've ever worked with in my life. Like, hands down, a champ. Like, he was... (laughs) You know what? You you know what you saying that reminds me of? Do you remember that Key and Peele skit where... uh, um, 
he's playing Obama and he's like he's going he's going to all the black people he's like what's up homie bring it in fam oh, you know? yeah. and then every white person he's like thank you thank you thank you <laughs> there's I I bet that's what I, happened to you <laughs> I well I think uh like yes that was super funny I think uh as far as gentlemen goes I mean Obama George Bush Jr and Clinton are they're gentlemen, right? Like I miss that from politics right now. Like I think all of those three people, whether people politically hated them or not, they were decent human beings, like good guys. You could have a drink with, you could sit and talk to, you could disagree with, and they were fine people. <laughs> and you want to know? I, thi- I think shit changed a couple of oh, years ago. Dude, I was just getting ready to say it's one of the things I found the most funny is, do you remember back in the day when we used to make fun of Bush all the time because of all the dumb shit he used to say. Mm-hmm. And now we got Trump. <laughs> like, literally, just this past Super Bowl. Did you see that tweet? Oh, the Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man, really? Like, dude, that is, that can't even hold a candle to, like, what, you know, what we were making fun of Bush for. But it's like, no. you know... <laughs> It's it's brutal. And Bush was like, uh, so I'm watching right now the State of the Union. They're honoring Rush Limbaugh for some reason, which oh, is yeah. sad what that he has cancer. I'm sad today. for anyone with oh, cancer. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's why he made the he, news today. He's getting some medal or something. And, oh, boy. You know, Mulaney is putting on. But the, the George Bush, <laughs> one thing I, you know, and so what turned me into a hardcore libertarian was uh, the Patriot Act, which happened under... Um, Bush, mm-hmm. right? And Ob- Obama re-upped it. Like, they were both for it, you know? And it's bullshit. It's a total attack on our <laughs> fucking rights. Yeah. And it's horrible. In my opinion, I will say that. <laughs> so, um, but Bush, working with him a few times over the years and whatever, I mean, he just, like, if you want to look up something funny, if anyone listening to this hates Bush and they're just like, there's nothing good to say about him, look up uh, George George Bush Jr., what, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, the interview he did there is so fucking great. And Kimmel wanted to hate him. And I know Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> like, and and I know people that work there and I've worked there. Um yeah. I don't think I don't think Kimmel appreciated what he had until he had it. I mean, George Bush Jr. is a fucking great interview, and he's a great human being, and he's awesome, and he just talks off the cuff, and it, sometimes that was weird, right? Like it just <laughs> came out odd. Like, wait, that's not but, how you're supposed to act. <laughs> But I like that he wasn't afraid to just say stuff, you know, like, or, or he wasn't afraid of his own brain. You know, he would say things and go, I can deal with whatever the ramifications of this were. And I, uh, a thing with Obama, I mean, Obama could deliver a written speech like nobody's business. I mean, he was oh, amazing yeah. at it. He was so good but at publicity. You talk to him off a script. And there was a lot of, uh, 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 and he didn't really like he, I just didn't think he was as good and he was afraid and he was measured. And I just thought Bush was better at just going, I don't give a shit. Here's what I think, you know, and (laughs) 
And and I I like Obama. I think he represented our country in a lot of ways really well. I don't like things he did. Yeah, but I think he but was he wasn't terrible. No, he he wasn't. Like I think if you're like in pick some country, Bangladesh, and Obama shows up, imagine he's like, "We want to thank you for your." kindness to america like you know what i mean You'd say whatever <laughs> yeah. and and the people of bangladesh would go great like what a nice guy america's the best <laughs> and trump shows up and he's like hey what the fuck do you make here <laughs> <laughs> <You're fucking crazy>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> he just straight to business <laughs> he just leaves people with a very different taste of america oh but yeah. i mean traveling internationally you know, I, so in say just the last year, being in Dubai or Costa Rica or Nicaragua or Belize or um, Americans will tell you, and maybe I only met a select group of people like on these tours or these trips, but foreigners don't hate him or America as much as we're being told they hate us. Like Americans right. are still pretty beloved worldwide. Mainly because we're good tippers, but <laughs> <laughs> I like how you make that leap. <laughs> but I, I haven't felt like I've seen these things on social media where you know we're hated. Everyone just thinks America is a bunch of fucking assholes and stuff. But I haven't experienced that like at all. And I'm just one person. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but you're one person that's run into a lot, though. D- a bunch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like how humble you are. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you you have certainly done a hell of a lot more than I've done anyway. Than most people that I know. Oh. Fuck. And so your podcast is amazing, right? So when Jason said it, I was like, I, I did a couple podcasts for specific reasons years ago. And helped someone launch a podcast and have been a part of it. But when he told me kind of your thing, like, why the fuck would he want to talk to me? You know, like, I mean, (laughs) just because whatever your job is, it's your job, right? Like, I heard you on a different podcast talking about, like, installing uh, fiber into people's The tech episodes. Yeah, the tech life episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, you have amazing stories, too. Like, they're... Oh, yeah. Like, my stories. (laughs) tend to carry more weight at a party because I can drop a celebrity name, which is bullshit, but it's true, right? Like, so that happens. Don't even fuck around. I know damn well that you, it, it may not be a big deal, but it's a little bit of deal that you, you can name drop like that. Come on. Don't lie to me. It Just is a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to say you're an asshole or anything, but it's like, I can't. I I try to put myself in your shoes, and it's like I wouldn't be an asshole about it, but you're like, ah, dude, that's that's pretty cool that I can do that. <laughs> I just tried to really outcool you on something, but I do, it. do it, do it. I I'm scared. I'm not a pansy I, bitch. Just go for it. I tried. I tried to call uh, Rob Thomas, which you might not care about, from Matchbox Twenty, <laughs> and incorporate him in it, but I just <laughs> got his voicemail. You, <laughs> I was like. I was like, oh my fucking god! Seriously, I want to hear Rob Thomas's voicemail. <laughs> call, call his voicemail again. No, it just says his phone number. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> sucks. Uh, how is Rob? No, you, uh, text Rob and be like, how are you going to have a lame fucking voicemail like that? 
You need to at least. We'll sing. get. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a good. I. I think of. I've got a good inner. We'll talk about it off this podcast. <laughs> I've got a really good one for you. Not hugely okay. famous, but but famous enough, and used to do a podcast and would would will blow your mind. Oh like, my talk god! For two I'm hours for easily. it, and this is a perfect cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm sorry for every one of my listeners, but I am going to be that guy. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what to tell you, man. Please just the only thing I desperately want from you right now is that you're willing to do this again. Please. Oh, I'd love to. We didn't even get into like a ton of shit. Dude, you I have were... an entire list of fucking questions here and we only got 5 in. 5. When we, when we were texting, I'm like there's no way I can do 2 hours. And I I <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of worried about my girlfriend. She was supposed to come over, but uh, oh shit! I, <laughs> Who the I, fuck I, is I, Phil? <laughs> I told her, I go, how am I going to do two hours on this shit, right? And she's like, no, because it's you, and you'll you're talking about you. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god, thanks, babe. Love you too. Shit. No, I, no, not even in a negative way. Like, right, right, right. I mean, I mean, she, he knows it. And so to what we were just saying, like the hardest thing is I've like literally have two lives because I don't live in LA anymore. Right. Like I live right in Gil- Gilbert, Arizona intentionally. Right. Like it wasn't <laughs> right. Happened. right. It happened. I like living here. And uh, so I have, you know, the friends that I actually care about in this world tend to be not in the same business as me, you know, and they do like whatever it, it's, it's great, you know, to hear about what it's like. My girlfriend is a high school principal, you know, so to. Are you serious? Her. I never yeah, oh, yeah. would have pieced that together. A high school principal? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Is she strict? I can't. No, I can't, dude. <laughs> no, Holy shit. I can't. Like, She'll. She, she's, she's cool as shit. Like, and, and, but. Uh, Dude, but there's I, a couple jokes lo- that I'm I, holding I, back I, from. <laughs> I, I love her stories. Like when she comes home and she'll be like, I'm sorry I'm telling you this. I'm like, no, this is amazing. <gasps> and she's like a high she's a high school principal Dude. in like a really shitty uh like area of Phoenix. I mean, like no. the worst. Like literally the worst area of Phoenix. She would so, be oh my god, I bet she has I bet she's loaded with stories just like you. Oh my god. You yes, you should oh. talk to her. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Well, Oh, (laughs) and she's like, and our whole thing of being even together is a crazy thing. She wasn't a educator when I met her. She she had a good job, and I was in a band, and she worked for like. Please tell me she was your group. She worked for like a software company. I was like, oh shit, you have a real job, and like she just like paid for everything. Holy fuck, that's a transition. Yeah, and then I was like super mean to her. 25 years ago. Oh, never, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> we broke up, uh, never talked again for 25 years, and now here we are. Like 25 years? Yeah. Oh, 25 years. Dude. And she had two kids. They're grown. Like, it's pretty. It, That's hardcore. It's it's a crazy, happy kind of love story, but um, but weird and awkward and <laughs> Like, Those are the best ones, dude. Those are the best ones. <laughs> okay, we yeah, gotta cut this, man. We are at two hours. 
All right. God, I don't want this to stop. We promise me you're going to do a part two. Oh my God. This is so fun. It's a good <laughs> reason to get drunk. Yes. I, I barely got past the label on this. Are you kidding now. me right now? You fucking slacker. I'm halfway through my bottle. Well, I did go into the R bag too. So I'm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're too. working two <laughs> bottles. I better stop <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> I think we're so, so before we end it, so the next one, if we're going to do a ne- as a teaser to the next group, what are we going to talk about? Oh, dude, we haven't even touched the Super Bowl with your dad. Oh, amazing. Uh-huh. We haven't touched that one. We haven't touched uh, Wonka. We haven't touched Wonka at all. All right. I love that one, too. Uh-huh. Fuck, I feel like the I next know. one is going to be even better than the I first know, one. right? And Costa Rica. We haven't even talked about Costa Rica. You kind of skirted Fuck. across it a little bit. Right. You I'm see a, how upset I'm you a, are right now? I'm, I'm, I'm a resident there. <laughs> I own a home there. Exactly. Exactly. And and this was like my, my coup d'etat for the end of the what was supposed to be the end of this episode, the imposter in, uh, syndrome. Oh, fuck. Seriously. <laughs> so with that, we're cutting it, dude. We are cutting it okay. because I want to obligate you to part two. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that out loud with someone so bad because oh. I've only recently realized it's something <laughs> I have and, like, need to address it. Yes. And and I- other people need to hear about <laughs> what it is so they feel better about their lives. I'm 100% ready, bro. But oh unfortunately, what are we going to do, do uh, part two? Like, oh, my in, God. What, all 11 right. minutes? We, <laughs> know, right? It's tempting. It's totally tempting to me right now. I'm not going to fucking lie. Um, okay, so, so I'll leave you then. When do you leave? This. We'll go. I leave uh, next, like, Wednesday or some shit. So. Next Wednesday. Okay. What so do we doing? can do it. We can do it. So I have days in a hotel uh, next, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We could do it there. And we could talk I'm about sure. the hotel room I'm in because I'm yes. in the room Jan- Janis Joplin died in. Motherfucker, this is perfect. Yes. Oh, my God. Recording an episode in the room that Janis Joplin died in. <laughs> Which I've stayed in over 365 nights of my life. What like, the so. fuck? Yep. That is definitely when our part two needs to happen. 100%. Because no lie, well, my mom is a diehard Janis Joplin fan so that you're about to get me a fuck ton of credit with my mom. I'm definitely going to use you for that. I'll selfie in the corner where she died. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh my god, please. (laughs) And and I I know that I'm a very big one on LA history. Like, I know everything about that night. Like, almost minute per minute with that woman what happened. Which is why I started staying there and now I stay there because I'm just comfortable in that room, but um, oh, yeah. you asshole. That is going to be such a long phone call with my mom tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, thank you so much for choosing to do this, man. This is so awesome. Oh, my God. I think we'll do one more and then we'll become co-hosts and we'll just pick on people. Deal. Deal. Done. <laughs> Done. Deal. I'm good. I'm solid. Let's totally go for it. Holy shit. Oh my God. The saga. Oh, Travis. 
It's it's been amazing. When you see Jason tomorrow, remember to tell him the oh, ask yeah. about when he crashed his car on purpose. Yes, I am totally gonna confront him about that shit. He's gonna be and like, then, uh oh. <laughs> if you could go, if you could nut slap him, be like, that's from Travis. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, just a little. Boink. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna drop him to the ground, but I totally will, just for you. Yeah, just, just to make it uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm so glad that we met, bro, and I am so excited for the next one. Uh, Thank you. Me too. So if we do a third one, I'm coming to Fargo. We'll do it at the, some bar. Dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. We only touch base on like a third of the questions that I had for you. I can pretty much guarantee you at this point there's a part three, so you better start looking at orbits, homie. I think, well, no, we'll do uh, the, yeah, what's it called? Allegiant. I think I need to go see Jason. <laughs> not, not not in your fucking snow, right? When it gets nice and we can go to yes. Jason's cool fucking house in Detroit Lakes. He's never invited me. Well, I'll invite you. Yes. Drag me along. Let's yeah. crash that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go out to his cool house and we'll do a live one somewhere out there. That'll be your perfect first live one. Uh, and embarrass actually, Jason to no end. Oh my God, that'd be perfect. And actually, I will utilize your expertise because I've never been mobile before. Oh, I know how to do that one. This one was confusing, but we'll get there. Uh, right. You weren't kidding. We got to get some Fortnite junkie on here to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is how you adjust the equalizer that's built in internally under these hidden options under the freaking setting. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we got to cut this, man. This is way too long. I got to. I already got to drop this down from one ninety two to one sixty. All right, awesome. We'll say goodbye, and then we'll you'll cut it, and then yeah. we'll actually say goodbye after yes. we cut it. Hundred percent. That's what happens every time. But is there anything you want to plug before we go? Um, you know, mostly just I played football with Jason, so I've seen him naked probably two hundred times in my life. <laughs> we'll end it on that. <laughs> God, you were nothing but amazing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right, Travis, thank you so much. And of course, we'll. Oh, dude. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> we will see you for the next one, bro. Oh. Well, damn, y'all. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us. Not only are you awesome, but I want to hear about your awesome stories, too. So head over to RumorCast.com, click on that Speak tab, and tell me a story. Also, make sure to keep up with us by following us on Twitter and Instagram at RumorCast. And don't forget, we can be found on every major podcasting app like Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe, follow, and comment. We love it all. And speaking of love, I love you guys so much. Thank you again, and we'll be back very soon.